Ready? Aim! There's too many! Anyone see my mammoth? Ah! Stumpy! Hello! We're back! Hello, hello! I'm back! You're back! We're back! It's Monday! Oh, it's Monday again! Um, what, uh, what frightfully amazing things have you been up to this last week, Clarence? Um, let's see here. Amazing things. I've actually got to play some games. Oh my gosh. I, um, for last week's event, I uh, took a, a small trip to uh, Quebec and was spending time with my girlfriend, just sitting, seeing sights, doing hiking, and um, very thirsty to play. Uh, Saturday, there was a tournament at uh, Black Knight Games in, in Hamilton. Unfortunately, uh, we had other things planned. I actually got to go to Fan Expo, which is really cool, and meet some... Oh, cool. I actually didn't get to meet anyone cool, but they were they all the cool people were there. Um, so, never been to Fan Expo before. <laughs> you're just here, it's like, oh, some cool people over there. Nah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, behind that curtain are the actors from Stranger Things, and over there where the hobbits are going to be, you know. So that was cool to be in the same room as them, I guess. Uh, that was really neat. And mm-hmm. then um, Sunday, I managed to sneak off and get a couple games in with, um, with some friends. So that was nice. How about yourself? How was your week? Um, I worked mostly. Uh, did that, uh, and then uh, did absolute jackal this weekend, um, as is my my life. Uh, mostly sleeping. Um, did yesterday, yesterday, me and my partner. I don't know what it was. Saturday night was just a write off, but um, yesterday, me and my partner stayed in, and we didn't. Like, normally, she wakes up about like ten on a Sunday. Um, I didn't wake up until like one, and she'd already like been up. For about ten minutes, and I was like, "How are you not like up and awake and things?" And yeah, so yes, it was a proper write-off, which is a bit of a shame. Um, <laughs> but yeah, much needed catching up on all kinds of stuff. Uh, yeah, because work is a bitch. Um, I tell you what else happened though. If anyone is listening on the podcast, if anyone is here likes the podcast, the podcast got updated because uh, I finally managed to solve the problem that I had with it. Um, and uh, as a result, like I think I just. I think it was like Tuesday or Wednesday, maybe Thursday. Honestly, I can't remember. I uploaded something equivalent to like 15 hours of audio uh, onto the podcast. So, uh, Ooh, nice. yeah, <laughs> I hope that people enjoy that one. Um, all right, then. What else happened this weekend? Played a couple of games. Uh, played Varim- some Varamir stuff. I don't like Varamir as a commander. I don't think he's good. He's not bad, but he's not good. We'll get on to him in a minute. Um, what else? I saw more more Martels being played. That's the thing. Um, the Ooh. Adopticons kicked off online. I think it got like sixty odd or seventy players. I think in the end, fifty eight maybe. Uh, I can't remember. Um, and yeah, I think that's about it. So news was quiet. Netflix. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> Episode done, right? Uh, and I think actually that's that's actually kind of the most important thing, right? Martels are out. We saw the massive content drop. That was a massive content drop. They did some content in the guise of on the table, who at this point it basically chases basically their marketing team. Um, Simon have said literally nothing. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. they said, Martels are out. There'll be some content this week. Then Martels got released, and then nothing happened. And Mike Martels aren't even released, right? That's actually 
the weirdest thing is that the Martells aren't, strictly speaking, released, and uh, and the obviously yourself, you have them, uh, and the Canadian stores that were selling them, it turns out it was an Asmodee mistake, and all of the stores in Canada that have them have now had to stop selling them. Um, which is just insane. It's, it's, it's insane that there's this thing that we literally know is out there, that we know is in shops, but they're not allowed to sell it for street date reasons. And at this point, it's just... It's just ridiculous. Um, I know they might have been trying to go Classic. for Yeah. Classic Simon. Classic Simon. <laughs> um, uh, it's four weeks away from uh, from the LGT as well. And um, I know the organizers are working really hard. Just Well, they've already done most of the work. They're now just kind of like ticking over for that. Um, and they're still waiting to see if they hear back from organized play and what's happening there. Um, I believe that Asmodee UK is having some issues as well. Um, if anyone wonders, by the way, uh, there's a theme here that I'm running into, which is Asmodee aren't very good at this whole communication thing. Um, and the regional sectioning of Asmodee, is, it's, it's bizarre, right? So when we spoke to um, to uh, Ilya uh, from Germany, from the German community, come like a month or so ago, um, he w literally works with Asmodee. Um, and his communication with Asmodee is really good. Like, they're completely on it, really supportive of the game. Yeah? Asmodee France seems pretty good with the French community. Asmodee Spain has been, like, the source of stuff for ages in terms of just randomly seeing boxes appear. And, oh, look, there's some models. <laughs> um, Asmodee US? Dog shit? Crickets? <laughs> um, uh, Asmodee UK? Asmodee UK is super weird, because I actually know people at Asmodee UK are like game testers and things. Um, Asmodee UK are kind of like, ah, oh, we don't really talk to anyone, but if you just turn up and ask for prize support, we'll give you some. <laughs> like, no, no word of a lie, that's almost exactly what Chris did last year. He literally turned up at the warehouse and went, you owe us some prize support, and they went, okay, take what you want. <laughs> Which is... Nice. Uh, bizarre anyway um yeah apart from that it's been a relatively quiet week people have complained that varam is too strong um i'm just gonna quickly i mean i've played varamir commander today and i sucked with him he got beaten by wop uh clearly i made the i made the mistakes and he played well um but i mean just look at his current thing here so he has got losses right one two three four losses now rip but he has been racking up a lot of wins um that doesn't surprise me. Anything with lots of activations does well, right? And we're yeah. seeing it run uh, nine, ten activation lists. It's yeah. going to do well against most things. Yeah. I'm still really on the fence of whether it's better than Mance into anything. Um, I think the only thing I would use this for is the circumstance with Mag in a nine or a ten list. Um and I don't think that that's that good because I don't think you get um, I don't think you get any leverage with specifically mag in a late activation style. You know, FIFA got already out activating you. They're already charging you late in the round with mag. Having more activations to achieve that doesn't help that. Um, yeah. I. Uh, yeah, and there's only I, two people. I guess who lost. The question from me to you is, how did you feel when you pulled those commander cards? You know, did you feel like, hey, this one's pretty good, or like, crap, 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 crap? 
one of them being bringing unit back on for free is just ridiculous. That's a good card. Um, activation back on. Um, the um, attack can just do a maneuver, maneuver somewhere else there. That's fine. Um, the other one where you make an attack and you attack again, like counter assault, basically. Um, that's a piece of shit. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, I, and yeah, I won't go into why I think that is, but uh, yeah, essentially, um, anything that allows these kind of like counter charge style stuff is not particularly good, just because it's easy to play around it. Um, or is it this one, Bonded Guardians? Um, Bonded Command. Oh, it's Bonded Guardians is fine. Sorry, uh, Bonded Command is the bad one. I misplayed though pretty heavily in the game I played, and I missed an easy bonded command option, which I should have used, um, which would have probably done. I don't know if it saved the game, but it certainly would have made a difference in the game. Um, so yeah, that was uh, that was my misplay. Um, but yeah, among other things, did some other misplays as well. Uh, my opponent didn't. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I don't know. I, I played into WAP, I played into WAP's Kevin list, and I know playing into that list with Mance that I feel very, very comfortable, right? I I would say myself, like, I had Endless Horde on round one, he counterplotted, fair enough, that happens. Um, I feel comfortable that going into that matchup with Mance, I win that game, like, 80 to 90% of the time. Um... With Varamir, I didn't feel that way because these kind of like late game charges, people talk about, oh, you can get two or three charges in the late game. That just doesn't happen. Uh, it doesn't happen because your opponent's probably running cavalry, should be running cavalry, and they're by far the largest threat piece. And when they charge with their heavy cavalry, like talking Flayed Men, Knights Cassie Rock, Tony Cav, these are killing low wound units. Not guaranteed, but a good, you know, basically anything with six or less wounds is going to get killed by that kind of unit. That's what they're designed to kind of munch on. And that is fine, by the way. It's absolutely fine that they're designed to munch on that. But it means that if you, you're you looking to tie this unit up and kill it first, you're never going to get two or three charges on this kind of unit easily, comfortably, because if they're going to deliberately charge block and kind of like work around that a lot. Um, and as a result, at the end of the day, you're kind of stuck in this weird position of going, I've got all this act out activation, but most of it doesn't really do anything in the later parts of the turn anyway. I can maneuver, I can go wherever I want, but if I don't pin this specific unit down, he's just going to go kill one of them, and then I've got one less unit to do all of that again. Um, and then, yeah, when he can, you know, he can lead into an opening on the swords, you have no charges off the swords, and sword plays with chariots are just shite. Um, you know they're, they're no good I don't know I'm not convinced that doesn't mean I'm not going to try it again I'm not convinced um, or I guess the question could be would he be a good second list versus Steyr or somebody else I really like Steyr as a second list um, Steyr has a place in my heart as, as my second list um but I can imagine Varamir might be a second list. Um, there's some stuff that I quite like the Varamir list into. Uh, so we'll see. Yeah. 
The yeah, other, I guess the question is, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, is, is Vermeer too similar to Mance in that he's just trying to leverage more activations and Mance already kind of does that? Is it too similar? Does it bring extra tools? I don't know. Uh, but that would be the questions I would ask. Yeah. My my bit, my bit thing is that Vermeer doesn't bring anything that Mance doesn't mm. in the ways that I want. Like, uh, he has zero interaction with the tactics board, which is bad. Because that's the one area of the game which free folk don't interact with, like at all, really. Um, you know, there's none of this Baelish where I can take one zone, take another. Uh, you have Craster and you have Val as replacements, which are useful. Obviously, they're like the big users of those things, of those kind of uh, NCUs. But you don't have Christophers, you don't have Courtney's, you don't have anything like that. Elena, um, you have nothing on that side of the game where you can shut an NCU off or do any significant damage to NCU unless you're taking Mance six-pointer. I think six-point for an NCU is just a hard sell regardless of what that NCU is. Um, yep. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, if Mance gets nerfed into the ground, six skins does provide something. Yeah, he does. Um, I think six skins would provide that that Mance wouldn't. Um You're saying that Sixkins isn't that good because Mansky is the winner rate so much. Partially. Um, it's partially that, but it's also... It's not so much Mance skewing the win rate so much as... Mance... Like, Mance offers you everything that Free Folk want. Right? This is actually the problem. It's why Steyr is okay. Because he offers things that Free Folk can leverage. It's why the Walrus is okay. Because he has things that are just strong. Um... Mance has all that kind of stuff. He shores up a weakness, and he also offers you things that are just always going to be useful. Uh, I was saying in chat earlier today, predictable maneuvers, which Kevin has, and Mance has, and Ariakas. I know that you literally just play the game against predictable maneuvers. Oh, yeah. And predictable maneuvers. I mean, I'm just going to straight up say this. I think Endless Horde is broken, and I think it's terribly designed, and I hate it. Right, I hate this idea that you just draw an sword on round one, going first, you put another unit on the board and go, hey, my win rate just rose to like 90%. Um, <laughs> like, that's just stupid. However, I think predictable maneuvers could well be the strongest card in the game. And Ariakas, you literally just played into this. Having yeah. this decision where it's like, right, you make a decision now, and regardless of the decision you make... yeah. There's no decision. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're just going to get wrecked. They, you're, yeah, you're, exactly. You've activated and done nothing. The way I the way I saw it is uh, parlay, right? You, you played Davos Commander in Brathians. And you played a bit of Doran. Did you play a bit of Doran with parlay? I did play Doran once. I got the card. I don't think it mattered when I got no. it. Yeah. But parlay is I activate my unit. And then it forces your like unit to activate a tiny bit of healing in there. Uh, and if you've got an 8-point or 9-point unit, it's like, haha, my 5-point unit of Wardens or my 5-point unit of Spearmen or whatever in, in Martells have wasted your 8 or 9-point activation. And I just say, well, I just charged my 9-point unit into your 9-point unit. And so I'm activated. And now predictable maneuvers, you have to activate because it's your last unit left. And you have to choose an action because you're engaged. Uh, so do you want my uh, nine-point unit to attack again? Or do you want to declare an attack and maybe I'll retreat? It's it's parlay without me having to activate. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, 
it's just better and and as a result like leveraging that with something like a mance or something like that is just mance mance with mance with mag using that card can charge an 11 point unit or more then you immediately just play that and go okay I now get a second attack with my nine point unit in a row, and there's nothing you can do to stop it. Yep. Like, it was painful. That's broken. <laughs> like, that's brokenly good. Uh, there is nothing in the game that allows you to do that. Uh, not twice, like, not even one activation, then the next activation, but quite literally one turn into the next turn. Um, hmm. And there's only one way to play around it aside from like counterplots and stuff like that and it's uh it's relentless um and varamir doesn't help against relentless in my opinion um because relentless well it doesn't matter how much you're out activated against if you've got relentless because if you've got a lot of activations you can just use relentless the turn before we're about to go out and therefore you're only effectively one more activation more than somebody and you can always respond to the ineffectual actions if there are any in the meantime that's just me anyway less about him and more on to the main topic today but it does lead into it i think right does it lead into it, it does it does yeah huh? we always get into this rabbit hole of free folk discussion that's because I'm, like, I'm, you know, as the host. <laughs> one day, some days we'll talk about, we, you know, 1.6 we used to talk about Starks and MOD all the freaking time. Um, That's true. Uh, by the way, we were looking it up. Uh, anyone who is interested, um, current Free Folk win rate. Uh, let, uh, free Folk's a bit of a misnomer. Let's look at Mance specifically. Um, Mance specifically, uh, 124 plus 90 is looking at uh, this month. Uh, or last month, sorry, a 62% win rate, give or take, right? Which is pretty high. Pretty high. How do you think that stacks up uh, against Awful? If I had to guess... Old, old Awful. Old Awful. Old Awful. Oh, yeah. I thought Old Awful broke 70. I thought he was in the like mid-70s. He actually averaged out at 62.75. Across the whole oh, okay. the whole season, right, uh, of 2021, um, Mance averages out, I think, slightly below 60 from all of the games. Uh, so he is less like powerful, if you will. Is he less closing broken. in? Are you saying he's becoming the new awful? Is that what you're trying to say, Mickey? No, I'm I'm trying to say he's he's equivalent, right, equivalent. in terms of in in within the meta, uh, he's fairly ah. equivalent. Um, mm. But I was looking at 1.6 earlier, right. And mm-hmm. I did make some notes on this, so forgive me a moment. But uh, we remember 1.6 area, because you, you remember 1.6, Starks, Mother oh, of Dragons, of Free Folk. What was Mother of Dragons' win rate at the end of 2020, uh, end of 1.6? Remember? I mean, I, I was going to shoot high, but after that uh, full averaging out, I'm going to say, let's say, let's average out to mid-70s. Yeah, 70, 73, 72 to 73 uh, percent win rate. <laughs> like nearly three quarters chance to win a game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is just Very nuts. High. Uh, the old Harmer was 59% and Steer was basically the same in Free Folk. Uh, Howland was 
percent, and Rob was fifty nine percent in Starks as well. Like the meta stuff that we're seeing sits at around sixty percent, give or take. Outside of Mother of Dragons, who's just been leagues ahead, um, and awful, averaging 60, 62, 63. Uh, I think Mounts will average slightly lower than that. He'll probably average like 58, 59 when you look at it. Um, but all of the stuff we're seeing at the top is averaging these this kind of level, right? So I do think that's quite interesting. I do really think that that's quite interesting, that when we look at the top end of the game, we are still within bounds, like saying that that 60% win rate is getting closer. Like everything is staying within that 60% most of the time. Yeah, you know? yeah that's pretty impressive. You know, if you think of like plus or minus 5% from 50% being like where you want to be, 60 isn't horrible. You know, it's not, it's too high, but it's not it horrible. 60% 60, 60 is too high. But I mean, at, with Mance averaging 59, like he is good. I'm not going to sit here. I'm right. not being an apologist. Uh, yeah. but he's not leagues ahead, you know, um, right. not mother of dragons 1.6, Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> uh, so anyway, that's, uh, I don't know why we're talking about that, but that was to come up too. So anyway, where did this the question, wasn't it? That's why, um, we have some tears to do. Okay. Yeah. Uh, go on, explain to, explain to our listeners what on earth we're doing today. Well, you know, I, I want I want some feedback from you as well. I just thought it'd be neat to compare cross-faction um, similarly pointed units. And, you know, there's an age-old argument that you can't do this. You can't compare things in Free Folk to things in Night's Watch, etc. Because it's always built in the context of your faction. Um, but we do. Like, we always compare cross-faction, really, right? We go, how come that thing's worth six and my thing's worth six? I mean, a good argument right now would be something like um, the Sand Skirmishers for the Martells at seven points. You compare them to Ranger Hunters, who seem similar, and it's like, you know, one is way better than the other, and you don't yeah. feel like you're getting great value uh, for the Martells, necessarily. Um, so, you know, I think there's that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just think it's kind of fun to say, you know, what feels good, what feels bad. Uh, I've seen other, you know, groups do tier lists, and they have more of a spread. They do like five or six or even seven layers, and to me, that seems excessive. To me, like, you know, I used to um, be part of a blog where we would write stuff that we experience, like you know, a book or a game or food. And my friend would be like, at the end of the day, your blog has to give only one of two ratings: mm -hmm. recommend or don't recommend. That's it. Do you recommend the book? Is it good? Would you recommend it? You don't? Okay, it's, it's pass or fail. So even three, arguably, is maybe too many. But I think mm -hmm. there's enough leeway to say, okay, this thing isn't always good, but it's not always bad either. So I think three is sufficient. I don't think there's enough nuance and uh, gradient necessary to, to, to rate units. So we, we stuck with three. Mickey's gone with some colorful <laughs> names here. Good, bad, and ugly. I, I, I like situational in the middle. So for the record, the middle is oh. things that you may want to use, but not always. So don't yeah. think that you're necessarily bad if you're in the middle. No, um, it's, uh, and it's definitely a bad, but maybe useful. Like, you don't, <laughs> this is not the kind of thing that you're just sticking into a list and going, ah, oh, that would be good. It's definitely like, this is probably not a good inclusion. Ah, uh, but mm -hmm. now I want it, and that has a purpose. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And um, I want to say that for this particular tier list, it's the three-point units. We snuck in some of the two-pointers just because there's not enough 
two point units to really compare. Yeah. So they they found their way into the three point list, and really like the Borax Core is not even really a two point combat unit, you know, because he's tied to Borax unit also. So we'll we'll discuss all these things, I'm sure. So uh, we're just going to go uh, through in the order they are presented for us. So above your head and going through. So we have freed men first, freed men for Targaryens. Coming in at three points, of course. Um, I. What do you think? I don't think they're ugly. Um, Neither. I think they're bad. I mean, situational. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree. Yeah, I am. Um, so, so why why not why not ugly? Why are they not ugly? Uh, first of all. Anything that doesn't give up victory points is always going to be something that you can leverage in some way, shape, or form. Uh, it comes with gang up, and gang up is a good ability. Good gang up is a good ability to leverage with infantry or even cavalry on the charge. You know, really, just anything that you want to leverage. Um, I personally think that they are a bad pick rather than me just say saying everything else is good right but they're bad pick for two reasons they are but kind of slow with a solo with no cav move um this is the exact same problem that giants have had in the past when i talk about giants they're just a clunky to move around um and ultimately they just die to nearly anything um <laughs> uh that has value. That has actually serious, serious value. Um, but it's just, <laughs> yeah, they're just with within Targaryens. There are just other things like Stormcrow officers that you want to pick up. If this is, I'll tell you this now: <laughs> these guys were in Martells, or if these guys were in. Uh, Baratheon. I think they'd be picked up all the time. I literally just like pick them up literally all the time. Um, I I don't disagree because the thing about the freedmen in the context of the Targaryen faction is that they have other cheap activations. They've got Jorah, yeah. who's in this very same list. They've got, as you said, Unsullied Captains, right? So it's kind of like, well, you know, you're not the only way to get cheap activations. So you're right. In other factions that don't have access to three pointers, neutrals. This would be like an auto include, arguably. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. You'd see this in like every list. But yeah, uh, and I guess this is where context matters, right? Context matters because we are, you know, we're like, yeah, it's not good in Targaryens, not a must-have in Targaryens, but anywhere else it would be like a must-have. The annoying thing for Targs, of course, as well, is that you now could pick Stormcrow mercenaries and a Stormcrow officer uh, for two activations for seven, which is arguably better than two freedmen, um, even though you are spending the extra point, just because the free the the Stormcrows have a little bit more to them um a bit more of a threat but yeah uh i wanted days. to add on that uh you know as, as mickey said one of the annoying things with the freedmen is that you do have to kind of babysit them and it does limit what your list can do because if you play drogo super popular commander i mean i guess even most drogo armies have that storm unit right so it's yeah. not necessarily all mounted all the time um, but it sucks to like weigh down your army. It's it's nice to have more fluidity and just be able to redeploy at a, at a drop's notice. Um, and uh, I want to say that the freemen are also very good in unsullied base lists, uh, where you don't necessarily want Jorah, who, where Jorah doesn't actually bring much. Um, 
to uh, to Unsullied based armies. But uh, the gang up in particular kicks in really hard when he's tag they're tag teaming with uh, another unit. The, um, the, the big issue there is that those infantry style lists they're just aren't not top tier. Yeah, they're not they're not great, right? They're not great That's lists right. if we're talking about in terms of top tier. So. Yeah, we're talking about the, yeah he's good into a certain list, but that list itself is a situational kind of list. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, it's cool. in long range, not short range, Bob. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, that's not the end of the world because it's the end of the round when you check uh, or start the round I should say when you check basically the same um, and that can be leveraged that you can you can leverage that start the round like you can still hang them out there as a piece of meat as an early activation in the round and go well go on charge that um, which if your opponents got stuff that finds it hard to chew through uh, you know eight wounds eight wounds or six they're six right Six. Yeah. yeah, if you find it hard to chew through the six wounds, um, just naturally, you know, with low hits, there's bogs, you're weakened, things like that. It is possible that that will survive the charge, and then you, you you're just golden at that point. Um, but it doesn't happen often, and anything that's actually dedicated at killing something like this will eliminate it with ease. Um, but yeah, um, we'll move on. We'll move on. Should we do Jorah next? Given that he's in target should probably well. Jordan next, and then we can just do all the dogs at one shot since they're so comparable. Uh, I mean, I know where I'm putting Jorah. <laughs> He's pretty good. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, if you are running a Targaryen list, you're probably running Jorah in one or both. Definitely one list. Um, I, I know that some Targaryen players would say he's not auto include. He's a bit of a weakness. Um, he is. He is a weakness. But I think it's a weakness that's worth having, especially, I mean, we will not go into the most ridiculous combo in the game, pretty much, uh, of Veterans Jorah. Veterans Jorah is just ridiculously good. Uh, but not, like, I'm saying ridiculously good, it's not overpowered, right? It's just a very, very good combo. Uh, it's very dangerous, and it's what you should be getting from a squishy three-point solo and an eight-point unit into this kind of like i can basically delete anything with this combo of moves it's it, you can actually predict it um because the you know the scout openings comes out as the order at the start of turn before activation so you've got a an intercept button if you will of your own start of turn trigger and anything else like that when activates like for me i like this as an 11 point combo that's dangerous because it's about the only 11 point combo in the game i can think where there's foreseeable counterplay while also being all on the Targaryen's turn. Right, there's none of this go over two turns malarkey shit uh, requiring your opponent to do something, you know? Um, and I like that. I like combos that have an element of counterplay but are very strong. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's uh, got that explosive combo and uh, just as a piece compared to the freedmen, his mobility uh, is is fantastic. He can get where he needs to be. Uh, he can also be a good target for ride by attack, which is often unused otherwise. Uh, he can capture objectives, unlike the freedmen. So because he's like a combo piece, but he can also do all those other things too. He's he's a pretty big must have. He does offer a vulnerable point. He is arguably easier to kill than freedmen, perhaps, with only yeah. three wounds and a four plus save. Um, yeah. 
And and there are certain builds out there. You know, if you've got awful NCU, um, scary because he just die round one potentially. So not 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 flawless, but very good. That's the thing, though, and there are you know awful NCU. It works out to be about fifty percent chance to kill Jorah. Just kill him uh, when you take a zone uh, and replace. But I mean Mel, Mel Jacken. Uh, you are unlikely to survive uh, a potential 12 repeated, repeated minus two checks. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, you probably will survive some, but you won't survive them all. And if you fail the first one, it's a big rip. Uh, like, low... I was talking about this actually earlier as well. Low health or low wound solos. People talk about, like, um, wildling diplomacy from Mance. Uh... Part, again, the reason I like Mance is it gives you that reach. You can just kind of zap these solos with Wilding Diplomacy if you choose to take a zone. But it puts the decision on you as the player. Can I risk my solo or not? Um, and that's a decision you should be making before you activate your NCU rather than afterwards. Um, and I'll be honest with you, like, Wilding Diplomacy I put in the same category as Mance, uh, sorry, Othel and Mel Jacken. Right, there are all these kind of reach things that can just go, and that solo over there is dead now. Um, and that's just something you just live with, right? And it sounds really kind of like dismissive, but like they're all the same kind of thing um, in my book. Wild uh, influence has other benefits as well, but yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's just one of those uh, one of those things you just have to kind of accept and move on. And I think Jorah is still good enough to run into awful NCU. So therefore he's good. At least one list, if not both, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um Alright then. Doggos. Doggos. And we'll start with Ghost. Uh uh <sighs> We are in answer to I think yeah, he's pretty good, right? In answer to someone else's question, we are going to do unit, uh, four point and five point units today as well when we get there. Um, there is a four point unit I think that Ghost is now comparing himself a lot to, which is Cold Hands. Uh, but I do think Ghost is still good, right? Yeah. Are there many job John Commander lists that don't run Ghost? No. <laughs> I, I can't I can't think of any. Yeah, so you know, yeah. uh just to lay it all out, we what we said about Jorah's similar, he's ghost is fast, mobile, um, can get where he needs to be. Don't so I think what makes Ghost really good compared to the dogs, uh obviously is the fact that he gets to benefit from all of John's cards. So when you get sword and shield up, watch from the wall for a seven inch move, we all will charge. All that makes Ghost actually very, very mobile and dangerous. But it's also the fact that uh, he can activate with John, so John can do his whole ranger combo, charge in, shoot. It doesn't always kill off a unit, but then Ghost can charge in with, let's say, five attacks that Sunder and just kill that activation. So yes, you double activated, but you also killed an activation potentially before they got to activate and retaliate. So um, very strong as a result. Yeah. Definitely agree. Definitely, definitely agree. Um, I think... Uh... I think Ghost is very good. Is, I don't really have is he the best doggo? Is he the best doggo? 
Oh, oh uh, it might not be. Um, <laughs> and uh, I think best doggo has got to go to Shaggy Dog. Ooh, that's a tough one. I, I, he's definitely good, right? Uh, yeah. He's definitely good. The question is, is he the best? So let's hear your arguments for why he's the best. Uh, he comes with Sundering, and he comes with Vicious, and if you don't kill him, he hits like a fucking truck. <laughs> uh, need I say more? Like, the, the three dogs are basically the same. Um, four dogs. Well, four dogs, yeah, if you count Ghost. <laughs> uh, Shaggy Dog is by far the best value, considering that we, you know, and Melkor in chat is kind of right. You have to consider the attachment cost. Um, Recon Osha for one point is almost the best one point attachment in the game, in terms of value, uh, yep. for the Stark faction, right? So this is a three-point activation with a an, an attachment that you kind of want to pick anyway. Um, yeah, this is this is good. Uh, and then yeah, Gypsy mentions the thing in chat that I wasn't going to mention uh, straight away. But Great John combos with Shaggy just make Shaggy ridiculous. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think you know as uh, as Lucas Aurelius kind of made popular again. I think we'll see a lot more Great John if we haven't already seen a lot of Great John coming back as the premier star commander. You know, Shaggy just synergizes so well with Great John's cards that uh, he does get you a lot of value. So um, I guess if you think he's the best, I think he's great. I don't know if he's better than Ghost, is, but I guess we can move things around if you want to like put to the left whatever is a better three-point unit, I guess. Yes, we'll put Ghost, <laughs> you put Ghost here, we'll put Jora here. I don't know if Shaggy's better than Ghost, but Shaggy's better than Jora. Jora's really joined the end of this line of this queue of things. <laughs> yeah, I would, uh, I would I would agree with that so far. Yeah, so yeah. I guess we can quibble over is Shaggy better than? I think Shaggy's. I think I think Ghost is better than Shaggy. Yeah, this is where we could have a third person like Carlo to break the tie and. I know, <laughs> decide right? where something goes. Yeah, I right, flip That's a coin. Okay. That's what I have to do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's your show, sir. You get final say. It's your show. Oh, it is my show, isn't it? Oh, that's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> get wrecked. <laughs> uh, right. Um, Grey Wind and Summer up next. Now, um, should we do Grey Grey Wind first? Sure. I'm interested where you put Grey Wind. Where do you Where do you think he goes, Clarence? Where do you think he goes? I think he goes in bad slash situational. I, I, I'm thinking you might put him in ugly because I know you hate Rob. I really hate Rob. <gasps> Jesus Christ, I hate Rob Commander. Uh, I actually, I actually quite like Rob's two point attachment, which makes me stupid because I like a two point attachment. Um, but yeah, man, I can't, I can't justify someone taking Rob in the current game. The two-point attachment of Rob isn't good. I like it because it plays into my style, not because it's good. Uh, if anyone... yeah, I, I've never seen that two-point attachment ever, like in, in actual play. Yeah. Super Treat, which I like, <laughs> but isn't that good. And Enhanced Ability, which is one of the best abilities in the game, hands down. That's pretty sick. Um, and you put this in a unit of Crowning and Trappers, you double up on the uh, Swift Retreat, which kind of sucks, uh, but then you have a movement 7, pivot any direction before marching unit, which is just Bance, but you're also paying 7 points, and really, it's far too expensive for what you're paying. Um, yeah. Short answer is Rob Attachment isn't good enough, and Rob Stark Commander is like one of the worst commanders in the game. Um, <laughs> so, 
Yeah, you've yeah, not really so, got much so, I know you hate Rob Commander. I think Carl yeah. hates Rob Commander too. I I don't hate Rob Commander, believe it or not. Here's and hear hear me out. Hear me out. I'm hearing. I'm <laughs> hearing. I'm walking away slowly while I hear you. Okay. Um, <laughs> no. The reason why I don't hate him is because I think Ali Cav are such an, an integral piece of um, the Stark aggressive list that you know the worst thing that can happen to them is that they get bogged down. They get charged by something first. Um, and there's lots of six, uh, sorry, there's a lot of movement six cavalry out there that can charge them first. So I like that Stop, Stark, sorry, Rob Stark gives you the tools through hit and run, through sudden retreat, to, to get your key piece out from being locked in combat. Um, having said that, you know, superior positioning, that card is terrible. I hate any card that on a four plus or one, two, three, you should say, does nothing. That, that card sucks. So you're almost only playing Rob in for Sudden Retreat. Hit and Run can do interesting things if you have Assault Orders in hand. So, you know, if if um, you play Assault Orders and then you hit and run after they charge you, you're still free to activate and charge back in. But it is definitely situational. So I guess, I don't know, I've I've had good experiences where Sudden Retreat saved my Tully Calf from being bogged down and locked in. Um... Having said that, you know, does that make Rob worth taking over Eddard and Great John? Probably not. So that's why I put him in situational. If I saw Rob across the table, I wouldn't uh I wouldn't be like, what a fool. I'd be like, crap, I can't lock down his Tully Cav very easily. Hmm. Yeah. So that's my take. Yeah, I mean, and, and it all comes down to Grey Wind. Grey Wind disrupt actually makes him fairly annoying to kill. Yeah. So I like Greywind as a dog. Our problem, of course, is the baggage that this dog brings with them being Rob Stark Commander. It's, it's, it's too big a cost. Like, you're picking up this wolf effectively for five points um, or the commander option. And if you're taking, like, let's put it like this, you're taking Rob. Rob might not be bad, but like you're not taking Eddard. You're not taking the now quite popular Great John. Uh, you're not taking my favorite commander, which is Howland. You're, you're playing yeah. a, a commander who's mediocre. Not terrible, mm. like, trash tier. But, like, I don't like Rob. Don't think he's yeah. great. And then you're saying, oh, I'm, I'm taking Rob to then have this three-point unit that's yeah. okay? Yeah. I I'm cool with putting him in ugly just because I think in a two-list format, you're going to take a Howlin nine-activation kind of list as one uh, of your lists, and you're going to take an aggressive great john or eddard and you know you know that means that rob stark is maybe your fourth list choice right so unless you have some big brain 5d chess ability to <laughs> outmaneuver people i think you're going to rely probably great john or eddard more someone said uh you can bring rob ncu no you can't <laughs> yes you can but I mean, you don't because he has can. our flank <laughs> you can uh it's not complete trash, right? It's not complete and utter trash. It's not good. <laughs> it's yeah, not good. Yeah, this is good. actually a very interesting case where the dog is actually not that bad. Disrupt is a good ability. Yeah. It's the baggage. It's the baggage that the dog comes with. The opportunity cost is too high. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, Rob NCU, unfortunately, the Stark NCUs are loaded. There's a lot of good Stark NCUs, and there's Peter Baelish. You know, between Caitlyn, Sansa, Arya, Lyanna, like you, you don't even need Baelish. You have a great Stark lineup. To pay is is Rob King of the North five points? Yeah, yeah, it's tough, very hard. And it just uh, and it literally doesn't work against some stuff. 
which, you know, you can't yeah. play against a Lannister player necessarily that easily. It makes it very mm. hard to play against, like, Rip against a Tog player. Um, like, it just has some nasty counters. Um, and against Cav, like, bringing that unit on, it's like, hey, I'm behind you now. And I just go, right, well, I'll turn around and charge you then. And that whole thing that you did of that whole time to try and get behind me and out position, I don't care. Um, so, yeah. Uh, all right, then. Um, summer. Summerlicious. I'm just going to go straight to his last uh, Brand's Protector where he gets to make the free charge and attack. It does happen, but I've already said straight away that I don't particularly like that ability, right? Uh, I don't think that those style abilities are good. And uh, because he's not Brand's vassal, he can't uh, attack anyone that attacks him. He's not Adam Marbrand uh, in wolf form. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, it's not. It's it's not ugly. Uh, Bran and Hodor for one point is not a terrible attachment uh, for the auto wound and the auto six on the retreat. Um, like that isn't garbage. It's just at the point that we're talking now it's like the third maybe he's the second at your commander you've got rick on osha and then you've got bran hodor and that's not including that you might want some moment vets in there the problem is if you're talking about the third or fourth choice of attachment you're saying you've got three or four infantry units in the list you're running out of space for attachments by the time you're taking bran and hodor and you haven't even got cavalry in the list yet. Like the only list I see Brandon Hodor making is the nine activation style Stark lists. Ah, but to that point, yeah, are we not in agreement that that is probably going to be your second list, and therefore he's shockingly going to see play? Yep. And this is a—I mean, if that's the case, isn't this a crazy situation where Summer is probably a worse dog? rules-wise than Greywin, but the baggage and the context pushes them around and flip-flops them? I would say so. I would say that Summer actually hits in the second place. Um, I think you're yeah. more likely to see Summer. And yeah. I think that Summer you're is better. Some... I think Summer will appear in better lists. Um, right. Which is nuts. <laughs> yeah, because if you could just take any dog, you would definitely take Ghost, Shaggy Dog first, for sure. Their raw stats and rules are sufficient. Yep. But the last two, you know, Grey Wind is arguably just better. Uh, but yeah, the context, it really matters here. Peter's also saying, chat there, Brandon Hoder and Loyalists are amazing. Yeah, this is the thing, like, plus one wound and having precision and things like this is like, that's nothing to meme at. And if you're running quite a low, a, a low um, quality list, if you're running like lots of five and six point units, like most, like all of a sudden, Brown Hodor actually have very good value because being able to push through damage regardless onto anything, you know, giants all the way through to, um, you know, champions of the stag, yes. whatever. That's that's just value. Um, so, yeah. Uh, very interesting. That nine act list, though, isn't all that great. I don't know, man. I really like the nine activation, Eddard. Nine activation Eddard is is nasty. Um, 
still get Eddard's Honor Guard. You still get all the Eddard stuff. Walk around, slapping people left, right, and silly. Um, yeah. It's also designed to go against Free Folk, specifically. So. Yep. <laughs> um, so, Free Folk. We've got mm. all the Free Folk stuff. Now, yes. I'm going to go through this actually surprisingly quickly. Um, mm. Varamir, up first. Ooh, yeah, where does he go? So, he's good? <laughs> he's better than Jorah, I think. So, we're talking as the non-commander combat unit. He's like Shaggy, but yep. he also enables other cheap activations, right? So, the question is, is he better or worse than Shaggy in the context of the Free Folk Army, I guess? I think he's worse than Shaggy, because I think Varamir will appear in less... I think Shaggy appears in a stupid number. <laughs> Yeah. of Starkfists. Yeah. I mean, let's actually just let's have a look at this quickly uh, in comparison. Yeah. Now, I know we can't really look at Varamir's stats because Varamir's only been out for like a couple of weeks. Um, so getting good data on this would not be viable. Um, I think Shaggy, really point. Shaggy is almost an auto-include in every Stark list. Almost. I mean, his pick rate is circa 50%. Call it 40%. Wow. On 48%. He's, he's in literally half of Stark lists, though. Like, I thought it'd be more. Yeah. I mean, I, I also thought it would be more, but that's still a lot. <laughs> um, that is still a hell of a lot of lists. Um, yeah. I I think that Shaggy is probably better than Varamir and appears in more lists. Um, yeah, that makes sense. But does Varamir appear more than Jorah? I don't know if he appears more, but I think... More than Jorah? I think what he offers the list that he's in is better at that point. At that point, he's, he's, Jorah's appearing less, but I think Shaggy is higher impact than Jorah. I think Varamir appears less, but is higher impact than Jorah as well. Interesting. I, I mean, I would, I would ask, you know, doesn't Varamir really do what Free Folk already do and provide you more activations? Does he really provide you a tool you don't already have? Yeah. Got three plus armor save. <laughs> like, Free Folk don't have three plus armor saves outside of one one. Uh, that is not something to be to be like. With that, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't have Fair. token play, vulnerable sundering when you charge this thing, it's just shaggy dog, but with more likely to survive the hit, and then it just wrecks you on the return. Um, yeah. Plus, uh, not like it matters. He is slower, but he comes with his random eagle that gives him two inch shifts all the time, which. It equates to be about a two-inch shift once per round. You might get two out of it. Unlikely. Um, but moving straight on to the wolf pack. Oh, man. <coughs> what do you think, the wolf pack? Um, if Varimir's good, don't you have to put both his animals in that same bracket as well? No, because you have to take Varamir to take the. You have to take Varamir to take these. You can take yeah. Varamir without having to take these guys, right? Does that happen? I don't. I, and I, I here's where I have to admit I'm a little out of touch. I've been painting and organizing more than playing. What's your experience? Do you actually I, build a list without these cheap activations? Like, isn't this the point? Yeah, you build a list without the cheap activations and just Varamir. Because the thing is, uh, if you're playing non-commander Varamir, right? You play three. 
then you pay three, then you pay two, and you get two act uh, three activations for eight. Okay. Well, the thing is, free folk at eight for eight points are normally buying two activations. So you're saying the normal list that you run, you replace two raiders with raid leaders, say for argument's sake, two of them or a chariot and a raid raider unit, they come out for these three beasts. So you've raised your activation numbers by one, but what have you lost in doing so? Bodies, hearts, wounds. Yeah, a lot. And I do mean a lot. You've lost 12, uh, 24 wounds for these three models. They don't come back. Some of them can't even control objectives. Um, in my opinion, they're not significantly better. I think Varamir alone at three points breaks this kind of like barrier that Free Folk were at where they couldn't have a three-point activation. The moment you give them that three-point activation, it allows a teched 10 list. And allowing a teched 10 list is more important than an allow allowing some kind of janky 11 list. Um, That's pretty cool. I never thought about it that way. Mm -hmm. That's why you I... shave a point off, and that lets you add a point to something and make it better. That, that's why I always prefer the 9 activation list for Mance myself. Although I do think the 10 activation list is probably very good in Mance. But I preferred the 9 because the tech it bought me had value and had use. Um, I run the 10 activation variant. Without Varamir, I lose the tech. And I've just got like a couple of chariots, a couple of trappers, a couple of raiders, uh, raid leaders, whatever. Uh, NCUs, and I'm just kind of like, cool, you know what all my shit do stuff does? You don't have to really play around anything except tactics cards. Um, the moment I introduce, like, right, I've got a unit of Fens with Harmer in them. I can reposition 12 inches wherever I want. You agree? I can reposition 14 inches wherever I want, and then I'm going to taunt you. I now have a control aspect I've introduced for three points. I've got Torment for Warcry. Warcry is really good. It's now making my unit three morale. Um, that tech, I believe, is worth it for losing the activation. Because most of what I'm fighting into is either 8 or 9 activations anyway. I don't need that 10th activation to generate the value. I'm generating the value elsewhere. Um, Got it. That's my opinion. Uh, but mm. a 10 activation mance is probably better. Right? Probably. Right. So in that context, does that mean that if you take combat unit... Varamir, would you say his pets are actually ugly? Yeah. Like, you're actually weakening your army. I, I believe so. Ooh. And I've done that. I tried it with Mag, and I had a ridiculous game, and I rolled lots of sixes for charges when I needed sixes for charges with a Mag list. And I still lost, and part of that was to do I, some misplays and stuff, and I got one shot. Uh, Mag got one shot by something, which was hilarious. Um, but I also sit there and go, those animals didn't really bring me anything. They weren't that useful. Um, they just kind of got killed. And it, right. they had to be in the fight to be useful for the list to work. It, nah, not sure. Do you adjust their position based on the fact that they must be taken with Commander Varamir? So Commander Varamir is a different matter. You get the three activations for five points. And that's mm -hmm. kind of fucking dumb. Like, it is dumb. Right. That will win we, games. We almost, need, we almost need duplicates of these cards, like the almost. Commander Association and like the. Uh... I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put okay, them both. So... I'm gonna put them both in the middle. Right. I'm putting the middle because they're not bad. 
Like they're not actually bad, but I wouldn't say that they're amazing. Like with the commander, they're very good. You're losing a lot with the commander, like I was saying before. But like three activations for five points, like if I just came and said, yeah. to, if you're just on the street one day and I said, do you want three activations for five points? I'm 90% sure any song player on the world would go, yeah, that's pretty good. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, that will win games. Like, oh no, I mean, I'm not, I'm not even yeah. joking, right? That yeah. list building option yeah. will win games. Yeah. But the rest is superfluous. Um, yeah. I don't think it works at higher end play, personally. Mm. I don't think it really gets you that much. But I think it will work flat out for average player. And that's all that matters. Yeah. yeah, that's very interesting. So, like, yeah, it's all, it's almost like, again, context matters. Yeah. Commander version, pretty good. Yeah. Attachment version or comedy version, not so much. Very cool. And I've got Brock's Bull. I, I've never seen this thing in action. <laughs> because it has to activate with Barack, I'm going to say it's probably bad. You're paying two points for a blocker, but you can probably spend those two points better on anything else. You know, getting Harma, getting Torrent. i tell you what the problem is now, is that in what world do I build a list and have two points left over and think, you know what the best option for me to do with these two points is to take Barak's Ball. Right. That's the problem, is that like at the point where I have two points left over, I'm usually looking at can I just upgrade the unit of raiders, say, that Barok's in to a unit of Fens? That's not a terrible yeah. option for those two points. Yep. Um, Fens, Fens with an attachment, right? No, you know, Fens with an attachment. What's wrong with that? Um, yeah. It doesn't bring you an activation. It's, mm. what is it, three wounds or whatever it is, and it's heal one whenever it makes an attack is a bit of a joke. Don't even know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right, you... You know what it is? It's old skin changer bears with a cav move, but it's now costing you points to take it in the list. Right. Yeah. I used to take skin changer bears because they were free. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. You don't. You don't pay pay two points for a skin changer bear. Yeah. No. Yeah, and they were one point back in the day, right? Skin changers. Yeah. 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 And actually, I've played the ball. I quite like the ball. The ball's not good. <laughs> uh, um, all right, then. Okay. Are we happy with that? I, I, that looks pretty good to me. And that was a very interesting discussion. You know, I, learned, uh, <gasps> I learned a lot about um, combat unit Varamir. I would have thought that his pets are like auto-includes. But you, what you say makes sense. You're sacrificing a 12-wound tray with a handful of wounds that don't score objectives. Yeah, cool. it, it, again, th that middle tier is stuff that you expect to see play, but it's in a wrist for a reason. I don't think it just makes basically any list. I do believe that Varamir's the new release, probably makes a good proportion of good pre-vote lists. Um, yeah. Uh, cool. All right, let's uh, let's save that there. Oh, hey, da there we go. I'll download that for future reference so I can share them on Facebook, like all those Facebook posts I do every week. Should we move on to some Tier 4 stuff? Absolutely. Uh, by the way, guys, we are going to share the link to do this. 
in the chat Somewhere? in the description of the video below uh, at the end of the thing so if you want to send me pictures uh of your tears that you've made just literally make them save them download them send them to me as an image on discord uh that's absolutely fine uh i will look through them and maybe next week i will actually see how me and ariakas compared with the community's consensus on this uh yeah so uh they will be shared at the end of the video um all right then so four point units um mm. I see that uh, Mikkel popped up in chat and said, where are drowned men? Drowned men? They're just here, just above Ariakas' lovely head. Um... <laughs> so, uh, we'll start off with the continuation of a theme that we started in, in point one. Uh, Night's Watch, Cold Hands. Do we need to have a discussion about him? Nope. Especially with the FAQ. Yep. I mean, even before the FAQ, he was still good. Um, but with the FAQ, he's definitely a very solid choice i don't think he's i was gonna say is he auto include what do you think i think brett would say he's auto include so my opinion i don't know if he is or not i i don't think he is but let's put it like this the discussion that the night's watch players have been having has have been having do i take a third ncu or do i take cold hands and I believe that if that is the discussion that a player is having, then he is nearing auto-include. Yeah. Yeah. I was not aware of this combo until like a month ago, but I didn't know about the whole uh, Now's Watch has ended, uh, <laughs> Stanyard Brothers, Sack Cold Hands, Trigger Now's Watch has ended, then activate your unit of Hunters and get the whole Wombo combo off. You get three rounds of attacks. Yes, you lost an activation, but he's going to come back next turn, and that tempo swing of killing an enemy combat unit is absolutely massive. So that is the big cold hands, I think, like value, in my opinion. I mean, everything else he does, being full activation, the flock of seagulls, or whatever they're called, uh, is, is, is great too, but I, I think it's that combo that pushes him, pushes him to the top. I have PTSD. I played against Elite Teddy, right? He brought Cold Hands on. And Cold Hands charged my unit in the flank and, like, maybe he's like, maybe take a rank off it or something. I can't remember. But he ended up over the token in Honed and Ready. And at the end of the round, the wall shot Cold Hands. Cold Hand died. And I'm not even joking. At the end of the round, Elite Teddy, now his watch has ended, killed a unit and repositioned and opened and killed another unit because of that reposition that he was allowed to do. <laughs> And I'm just sat here being like, I didn't do anything. <laughs> I didn't even kill you. <laughs> you killed yourself without a card. You scored a victory point while doing it. And then you've just killed my unit in the end phase. Why is this a thing? <laughs> oh, I was so, like, not annoyed at him. But I'm annoyed at, like, why is that in the game? Why have you got this and thing? At the end, at the end of the round, you all these effects happen, and then the round ends, and you go, no. At the end of the round, I basically get to activate a unit. Fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> um, and then Poland nah. just rolls in next round again. Hey, what's up? Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. It's the end of the round, and then not even like two seconds later in game time, he's just there again. Oh, hey guys, did something go on? 
Did did someone die? Did something happen? Hey, I saw some guys here earlier. They're dead now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was that was <laughs> aggravating. That was very aggravating. Yeah. Um, not again. Nothing against Chris and uh, Chris, but like Jesus Christ, Ugh, that shouldn't be a thing. <laughs> yeah, he's, um, he's really glued. Really, really good. Near auto include for sure. Yeah. Probably. Uh, all right then. So, uh, drowned men up next. We'll do uh, we'll do Greyjoys next, right? We'll do the the Greyjoy package. Uh, hmm. uh, actually, let's start with let's start with Bowman. And it start with Bowman because I think oh. Bowman are fairly straightforward. Do you expect yeah. to see a Greyjoy list without Bowman in it? No. They're always that that is legit auto include. I'd say in every Greyjoy army, you're always going to see one, if not two, Bowman. And I think they're worth it. And, yeah. I mean, I, I assume we're talking into the, uh, what's the word, echo chamber of players who know what they're, what it's all about. But I guess for completeness sake, Bowman are great. I think point per damage, they're one of the most efficient damage dealing units in the game. Mm -hmm. And then they enable uh, pillage tokens without needing Eric Ironmaker. Uh, their ability to get finger dance and really lay on some damage um, just with a card, you know, early game is, is amazing. If they get to the flank, they are hitting as hard as a six, seven point unit sometimes. So they're quite amazing. And and they're durable. Why do they have five plus armor for four points? Why? It's nuts, isn't it? The nuts. morale is their biggest weakness. The eight, the eight plus is a big weakness. But everything else is really good for them. Um, I'm I don't remember. And there's... On their second rank, Mickey, do they still shoot six dice on second yeah, rank? Yeah, six, six, four. So people just peel off wounds with raiding call as well and don't even care. Yeah, they're they're great. You know what else really annoys me, and it really does actually massively annoy me. They hit on fours in melee. Like, I'm not saying that they need a nerf. Greyjoys need all the help they can freaking get, right? But like. Why? <laughs> why? Why does Stark Bowman at six hit on fives? <laughs> like Lightbringers hit on fives too. Do they? Oh god! Like that's the that's uh, that's the thing. Like Greyjoy, Greyjoy Bowman are not too strong, right? They aren't too strong. They're a good nope. unit. They're by no means too strong, and the faction really doesn't do anything to support them much. Um, but. They are a good unit. If you gave me this in Freefic, if you gave this in Baratheon, if you gave this in basically every other faction in the game, it would see play in that faction. Partially yeah. because it's four, four points. points. Four point long range unit. But yeah, good. yeah, this is very good. Um, the same could not be said, though, of Greyjoy Trappers. I think Greyjoy Trappers suck. <laughs> This is a tough one because again, context, right? Greyjoy. I, again, I could be honest. Yep. Greyjoy trappers with Asher. Yeah, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. Greyjoy trappers without Asher, they're pretty shit. <laughs> um... Okay, so question: Why do people consistently put Asha in trappers, not other units? I mean, I, I have seen her in other units as well, but most of the time it's trappers. So. That's got to say something about trappers, right? Why trappers? Because it shores up the one weakness they have, right? Um, the morale on eight is a bad, 
is is a bad morale stat, very bad morale stat in the game. Basically, the worst you can get. There's nothing on nine, um, and so you just die to panic texts of various different types. You you make them five, all of a sudden you make them more sturdy, and the moment they go to five as well, it enables blind baron. Uh, blind baron comes down, and all of a sudden you're taking half those hits. Your armor six, kind of irrelevant if the maximum damage that someone's going to roll is like six or seven with most attacks in the game. That's three wounds. Because you probably won't save any. Um, and then as a result, you're like sitting there and like, I, I took less than a rank, and then I'm doing a five plus save or a four plus save. There's a weirwood nearby. You know, if you're making a four to five point unit take less than a rank of damage off stuff like any six or seven point unit attacking them, that's a good value. So I guess to your point then, you almost never see naked trappers. You only ever see trappers with Asha. But yes. I swear I've gone through your history before, Mickey, and I saw a crazy four-point activation spam list from you from Greyjoys where you ran several. I don't know how that game went. Yes. I, I, I guess... I'll just run whatever though, right? I will run trappers naked all day, uh, as will other players. And Mikkel will run them with like an Asha commander. Um, Carlo runs them in a, a weird trapper slash bowman combo list um, with Euron to kind of counter free folk. I I I don't think trappers are terrible. The problem is trappers are trappers will die. Trappers will get melted by range attacks. And I think yeah. the big thing that people... I, this is just a personal thing. Like People think I'm crazy when I'm saying Baratheon should run double Lightbringer lists and stuff like this. Like I see so many people saying, ah, oh, but no, but, you know, whatever. Infantry just sucks in this game right now. Avoid infantry where you can. Run archers. Because unless you're an infantry unit that can survive charges from Cav, like Flayed Men, then there's no point. Um, you've got to be fast enough that you can move and close down with archers, otherwise there's no point. So you might as well just be cavalry or just be archers. Or be Queen's men, you know, who enable the archers and are tanky as all hell. Um, or warrior sons with like double hardened and things like this. Like those things have value because they're mm. they're infantry units that are nigh unkillable. The infantry units, like wardens, like, like lone naked wardens, is just asking to get butchered alive. Um, and trappers fall into that category, unfortunately. Four-point unit that's just asking to go and get killed. Um, yeah. Not sold. That's a tough one. So it's weird because I don't think you often see naked trappers, but you'll always almost always see in one list asha trappers. yeah so what do you do i'm gonna rate, i'm gonna rate it i'm gonna rate it bad in the middle i think i think they are useful i think they do see play um yeah that's fair but yeah. again almost almost need to have like a second card like with asha attachment <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that should be in the five point category yeah uh and then it moves us on to drown men um I'm going to go out on a limb here and say ugly. Oh, there's a problem with these guys in that I don't think they're trash. All right, so here's my arguments for ugly, and then let's hear the rebuttal. 
So they're four points, which means that they could be Bowen. Yes. Right? What do they provide you? Do they provide you with something that Greyjoys don't already get? So they give you like healing or rerolls. And I don't think they provide anything significantly unique. I think there's lots of healing in Greyjoys. And I think that uh, the rerolls is kind of like a finger dance almost. So I don't know if they provide enough utility to warrant on a, on a list. They are... Outside of Baron coming down on a, like an Asher unit, right? Like, five morale, four morale unit, like, whatever. I think Drowned Men are a four-point unit that's worthy to be a charge blocker. Um, and as Gypsy says there, both them down, Tully Cavalier for the entire game, yeah. I ran a unit into Euron, Euron Blackguard when I played against... Uh, and yeah, I played a Greyjoy Mirror, and I ran a unit of Drowned Men into Euron Blackguards and just stood there the whole game being like, well... You're going to attack me, and you're probably going to miss most of your hits, and if I fail the test, it's only one wound. And then I'll just heal two, and I'll attack you back. Cool. I probably did fuck all. <laughs> like, I'm not designed here to hurt you. I'm designed to hold you up. While my bowmen, literally less than an inch away from me, behind me, are just going, oh, I'll shoot that, I'll shoot that. Oh, look, I can't get charged because there's your own unit in the way. I'll just shoot that thing over there, I'll shoot that over there. Um... I think that has value. There's very little in Greyjoys that can really do that in the same way. That doesn't mean it's good. Yeah, it's a tough one. I um, I think it's pretty niche. Yeah. Four point, four point giant, basically. Um, four point giant without the damage output. Uh, I'm going to throw it into situational, but I'm really tempted to put it down in here. But I do think that okay. they're they're here just about they're probably like this end of here <laughs> yeah yeah that's fair i think it's blurry enough that it's either the top end of ugly or the bottom end of bad yeah depending on where we get to with bad they might get demoted later on um uh all right then i'll leave this one this is your wheelhouse right we were talking about this before the stream i think a little bit and discussing it uh in your game as well uh dragonstone nobles Mm. this is a similar one i think i think he's either low end of good or high end of situational um so i like him because he is in i mean first of all he's a four point activation brathians that has value uh i definitely think about you know the standard way i think of lists it's like five five point units three flex points oh i can downgrade my warden to a dragonstone noble and have an extra flex point to get you know Lightbringers chance whatever and that is really good um but i've learned i guess over time that despite his two plus save and his three plus morale sometimes he just dies you know he just you know takes one wound and then a vicious panic test later he's dead um you know you roll you spike ones and he's gone like it or a vulnerable token or sundering like he can just die so he often does not sit on the front line at all and just lurks in the back Sometimes that Sentinel comes into play and, and does cool things, but he's really just most part of four-point activation because he is really that fragile. Um, but yeah, I, I think having talked it out, I would put him in good. I would put him in good because he's still a fairly reliable four-point activation, but he might be on the low end. 
What do you think? I think with the... I think with the rise of Cots, uh, with the buff that Cots got in Season 1, and where Brathians are with Queen's Men, uh, and the kind of reliability that Queen's Men give you, I actually think that Dragonstone Nobles have dropped. Uh, I think that... I think it's probably, and it sounds really mental, I think it's probably a mistake for Baratheons to try and play this activation game that a lot of the other factions are playing, right? And I believe that if we look at the stats, they are exceedingly Ooh. doing better in the 7-4-3 at a comparable rate that they're doing in the 8-5-3 in terms this of win rate. This is very interesting. So at that point, it's comparable, right? It's within 0.15%. At that point, if they're giving up on the activation game, I think Baratheon Dragonstone Nobles just aren't quite good enough. Yeah, um, you know, I am a huge proponent of more activations is better. I've recently started playing with that triple Queensman list and trying it out at six activations. I'm shocked at how well it stands up. Uh, so I, I, I'm, I'm, I can't believe I'm agreeing that less activations might be better for Baratheons. Um, the, so maybe that value, the four point activation value, is not there. The the five the five three. It's worth remembering the five three is still going to work. But I think when we're looking at five three, we're typically talking Renly side running kind of like a couple of Wardens or Pikemen and some High Garden Pikes, maybe or Cots. The 6 and 7 activation lists, we've seen Stannis run them loads, we've seen the other ones run them loads. Um, yeah, for me, the DSM just doesn't quite make the cut anymore. And I don't think that's the DSM being bad, it's just there's a better stuff. So yeah, I'm gonna, gonna move it down. Sorry. I think it's fair. I think it's fair. High end of good, low end of bad, or sorry, high end of Good, bad, kind of situational, <laughs> low end of good. It's nearly I think good. It's, completely fair. it's nearly good. Yeah. Yeah, completely um, fair, I think. Yeah. I'll Ooh. do. Should we do free folk? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do raiders oh first. Oh my god. Right. Well, that was easy. Um, <laughs> uh, cool. We'll do chariots yeah. next. Uh, oh, that was easy. Um, and we'll do trappers. Uh, oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, uh, Oh, that was easy. Right. Okay, cool. Um, okay, so this is your chance to wax lyrical about the free folk. And I, I would be interested to ask you, are they equally good? Is there an order? There is an order. So the problem is when you're talking Mance, like I have the Mance list ingrained in my skull, right? This took a lot of, uh, like a lot of play. Um, not a lot of play, I shouldn't say that, but a lot of thought to kind of come with up with the list in the way that it works. But like, if you're running Mance, I don't want to waste the uh, insignificant point on the Raiders by putting Mance in them, and I don't want to waste that insignificant by point by picking up Harmer's Bannerman in the unit uh, specifically, which is something that I would uh, I did think about a lot, given that I like the inclusion of Harmer. Um, then therefore spending that insignificant point on the bannerman 
was a choice, was a decision that I had to actively say why it would be good or bad. Uh, I decided against it because I wanted to gain another unit of trappers, and I believe that trappers are very useful. I believe that ranged attacks are better than melee attacks, and I believe that taking another unit of raiders in space of that trapper unit that Mance normally sits in is playing into this idea that melee attacks are good and melee attacks are not good, melee attacks are bad, therefore run trappers don't have the temptation of this melee attack unless I desperately need it. That was my logic there. As a result, trappers are nearly always the first thing in with a Mance list. Second thing in, I'm looking at, I need raiders, I want to run raiders specifically with Tormund, that is the next thing in the list. I think that that package for five, a bit like the Asher Trapper package, I think that that package for five is one of the best combinations in the game, and it synergizes really well with Mance. Specifically Mance, it raises that five-point package to like equivalent like six or seven points worth of value. That's fucking nuts. Um, therefore, Raid is the next thing in the list. Uh, I'm then looking at a Chariot, because I believe Chariots are probably too good for four points. Um... They have weaknesses, they have ways to catch them out, but anything that can just come in and just absolutely massacre things on four point four point unit with a cav moves at six, yeah, is good. Um, so those are your first three. And ironically, I've covered all three of the first of them. That's the problem. Then after that, it's suit the list, like literally build the list to suit. You've spent, um, well, I assume you spent 12 points on NCUs. You've then spent uh, 13 points there, so you spent 25 points. I then say to you, you've got 15 points left to build the rest of your list. Um, in some scenarios with other commanders, trappers are probably the first thing to come out. Hence the reason they're on the bottom of the list. Uh, even then, I think trappers have value as a one-of, rather than of a multiple inclusion that you'll see chariots and raiders in. That would be my logic in how I'd rate them. Sorry, so in the in the row then, I, I got a bit confused. Is trappers first, but then the first things you oh, cut multiples of is what you're trying to say? Yes, it's the first one I'd cut multiples of. Ah, uh, okay, okay. In, 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 so like, trappers... Outside of Mance. I think it's important to say outside of Mance. Inside Mance, outside I think Mance. they're earning massive, like, straight away. They move yeah. outside of Mance, and I think that they're the only mm. unit that drops in value outside of Mance. Literally, you'd say trappers must have, then raiders, chariot, one chariot, probably third, Maybe third two, line. Yeah. yeah. Um, how do these compare to cold hands? Cold hands is better. <laughs> cold hands is better because, and this is actually quite important. Cold hands is better because cold hand enables Night's Watch builds that are good. Chariots are very good. Raiders are very good. Trappers are very good. Not arguing there. I think Hidden Traps, by the way, is one of the best abilities in the game. But, while I think that they are all very good, they're not really enablers. So much as they're all enablers because the Free Folk standard of infantry is four or five points. Whereas, you know... Night's Watch don't have options at three, really, outside Ghost. They don't have options at four, really, outside Cold Hands or NCUs. Um, at five, they now have Conscripts, right? Well, if Conscripts were still around at four, we'd be saying Conscripts are up here, and they're, you know, crazy good. Um, but they're not... None of that Free Folk stuff is build enablers. 
raiders are the core staple of lists trappers give you some support and the chariots are now alpha damage at that four point unit category um yeah uh and soren says yeah, yeah i would definitely rank all these things above greatjoy bowman yeah potentially I don't know. I think Greyjoy, Greyjoy Bowman have a bigger place because I think Greyjoy Bowman appear in every list that Greyjoy run. Mm -hmm. I don't think mm -hmm. Trappers do. Mm. And the, the difference we're seeing there is that Free Folk are just better than Greyjoys <laughs> as a faction. Mm. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Lannisters. Now you're a you're a, you're a bit of a Lannister dabbler. Uh, and uh, well, I say dabbler. You play against Richard a lot, right? And... Yes. <laughs> yes. He he's known he's known a little bit for dabbling in the yeah. old Lannister. <laughs> yep. Um, Lord Tywin himself. Yep. Uh, so yeah, go on. If you were Endline, if you were Richard, uh, how would you rate these two bad boys? Okay, I think the easier one to rate are the poor fellows. So the poor fellows, I. Th think now fall under the bad slash situational umbrella despite being a four point activation they are a distinct weak link in the lannister battle line um they can just die they can just die now to a double attack um it's really not that hard to push through the 12 to 14 wounds um, with their six plus morale and uh but they're still four points, so I I don't think they're in the bad category. And uh, you know, as we talked about with Dragonstone Noble and with Found That Rides, it shaves you off a flex point to upgrade an NCU, to upgrade a unit of Cav, for example. So I think for me, they would sit in that situational category. Uh, yeah, they are. They are unfortunate. I probably think they're probably the best unit that we've talked about here, but they're the best. They're a good unit. Like again, we could sit them here. They're a good unit because they're four points. That's why they're good. It's got nothing to do with that unit actually being good. Um, it's just because it's a four-point unit, and four-point units, as we've discussed before, are build enablers. Um, I've moved, I've downgraded the Drown Men, by the way. I've decided that they're going to downgrade it. Uh, they're ugly. Because they are. They're ugly. They look bad. The art's bad on them. There we go. That's why they're ugly. Um and yeah and evil sponge is right when it comes to lannisters beggars can't be choosers which is true yep. you literally <laughs> you know uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh so with that in mind with that in mind are we happy with poor fellows in this kind of like middle category i am for sure and now the really hard one for me is mountain you know so, so I was going to say to me, I, I go back and forth. On one hand, he's kind of like the Dragonstone Noble, kind of like Poor Fellows. Yep. You know, sometimes he just dies and it's terrible. But he adds intending presence for four points. He adds this pretty much guaranteed damage. Um, so, yeah, he's probably in the low end of good. I think, personally... That Gregor's probably the first four points you spend in a Lannister list. And then you debate. Like, that's before you even know what the list is. You probably just say, right, I'll put Gregor in. And then later on, you may make the decision to take Gregor out to replace it with a poor fellow unit. Um, 
because you need the poor fellows for like an attachment or a very specific reason in the list like you don't want to play into anything that's going to harm solos uh or is very good at killing something like the mountain you know um and the moment you decide that then the mountain comes out but i think that the mountain is good enough that it appears in as the first unit in the Lannister list probably every single time yeah, I, I can totally see that. You know, the thing about if I saw the mountain across from me, I'd be like, I don't, I have to get lucky to kill him, essentially. Um, poor fellows with their wider frontage, you can get to them eventually. They're harder to hide. Mountain, not so much, right? So I think he's better than them. And yeah, he does add a lot of value. The normal saves and continuing presence is really good for four point. Now, actually, interestingly, if we were just to cut this down to units, raiders best unit in the game currently uh let's see next up on the line frozen shore chariots discuss that one clogain the mountain mountain that rises in at number seven of combat units so yeah it's pretty damn good and cold hands is just behind him wow interesting so these are all good shaggy's up there as the best low point unit although some of them haven't had enough play trappers the lowest of the three free folks uh forwards which i can see um and then we're dropping down into the other stuff you know, um, right. But so they're still possible, you know. Yeah, Ironborn Bowman, for a faction that's absolutely sinking, Ironborn Bowman are the twenty-fifth best unit in the game. <laughs> pretty good. That's pretty damn good. Yeah. Um, trappers, crust. trappers are up there. To be fair, well, that surprises me. Yeah. Drowned men are up there as well. I don't believe that for one minute. I disagree with the stats. <laughs> I disagree with the stats. That doesn't mean I'm right. It means the stats are, well, the stats aren't right. The stats are telling me something. I just don't know what they're telling me. They're better than I think. That's mostly what it's telling me. I think they're bad. I'm right. I can't possibly be wrong. I'm 100% wrong. Um, so, yeah. There's our four-point list. There's a lot of good ones up there. Um, yeah. I, you know, man... I'd be interested to make a tally of like where a faction's units sit and like, you know, I mean, that'd be cool. I mean, of course, it's our opinion, but it'd be cool to see where we landed on like which faction, where your faction's units sit. So if we did six point units, seven point units, eight point units, and I think it would be interesting because I think a lot of these units would start to drop down into these later categories as you go to higher points values. True. Yeah. And in fact, the next category is, you know, first one that might be all over the place yeah. yeah yeah so let's have that one there there we go there's another one and we'll go on to five points Ooh. Dun, 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 dun. Ooh. so um oh boy ikariba uh <laughs> as we close in on four o'clock yeah <laughs> all right there's a lot of units here uh some of them are hidden um and there are some real real peaches in here, and there are some there is some true uh pièce de résistance pieces of trash. <laughs> uh, so uh I think we have to go and do the first one first. It is the Scorpion, it's the Night's Watch in at number one with the Scorpion. Good, bad, ugly. Unfortunately, ugly. I would tend to agree. Yeah, it's it's 
it's five points. They can't make it four points, but it's no. especially with Othel being nerfed, it just doesn't provide reliable damage, and it's a bit of a sore thumb in that it can just get charged and killed relatively easily. Um, it's almost yeah. The the problem I have with the Builder Scorpion is you can make the Builder Scorpion list. Uh, a nightmare to have to play into. You know, you've got builders, you've got stakes on this thing, you've got awful commander and things like this. You can make this list like awfully, awfully difficult to play into, get rid of and things like that. And cavalry lists everywhere start to go, ah, shit, that's a problem. And your list just sucks into anything that isn't cavalry. Like, just straight up sucks. And you just kind of go, oh, well, I'm facing something that my scorpions aren't very good at. And you're like, well, that's the whole point of the two-list format. But, like, not even that good against, like, Baratheons, which is the supposed, like, you know, Champions of the Stag. Ah, oh, this thing counters Champions of the Stag. It doesn't really. Um, it might do alone. It's not countering the Lightbringers. You know? It... The tricky part is, at five points, it's actually, like, a weird way of building a night's watch list which typically has like seven points three points yeah or you know cheap things so five points is a weird spot where it just eats up an activation and it's it's actually tough to build around it on its own doesn't look bad until you make a list and you're like oh i've got an awkward amount of points left over yeah and if to run this really janky like conscript and scorpion crew kind of build um, yeah it's it's not the worst thing in the world. I've definitely seen games where it's nestled in between two units. You know, someone charges in, doesn't kill off whatever they charge, and the Scorpion just shoots into combat and plinks them off four wounds with a vicious panic test. I have seen it do wonders, um, but it's it's just it's just hard to use properly. You know, because what if your opponent doesn't charge? What if your opponent doesn't you know has his eyes open and understands what the Scorpion can do? I uh, I used a. Uh... Seven activation Stark cavalry list. Um, maybe it was a six activation. I can't remember. And I really struggled into like an eight activation Night's Watch Scorpion list. But I mean, I'm struggling because he's got more activations than me. That's mostly why the problem is, like, not yeah. because of the the scorpions per se. Um, it was just annoying. Uh, yeah. If you're ever playing against a scorpion, just read its rules. Make sure you know how it works, and then you won't get caught by its 360. No need, no scope. You know, <laughs> no lens I needed to shoot. Yeah, just like get over there, bang, got him. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, it, yeah. That's and the it, only way it works is if people don't know how it works properly. But if you know, you can definitely play around it. And if you're Michael Chanel, not only does the scorpion do that uh, just all the time, but scorpion does that on your turn as well. It goes. Oh, Overwatch! Bang! Killed him! Right, I'm back over here now. And you go, what the fuck was that about? And you go, well, yeah, that was just a really dumb mechanic change that we totally ruled against what is written down on some cards, but because we like the interaction. Um, yes. We'll cover conscripts next, because they are Night's Watch as well. I think it makes sense to just discuss them. Uh, where are you yeah. putting cons? Uh, obviously, we talked very briefly before about unnerfed cons. Unnerfed cons are the best, one of the best four-point units in the game. Hands down. I think it's kind of crazy that they took the existing cons at four and basically made them five. Yep. And they're still good. I think they're still good. I was going to say, I don't think they're situational. I think you see cons, you know, they're still supplying things and 
bolstering up those seven point units, keeping them healthy. John is super popular, so the second he swings, those concepts come back to heal their friends again. Like, I still think they're good. They do, at five points, fit like an awkward points uh, number in the context of Night's Watch, in my opinion, still, but the healing is super annoying. For sure. Yeah, I I do think that there's they're probably on the lower end of this list, just because I think the Night's Watch builds that are currently good, or the better Night's Watch builds, find it's, literally find it hard to fit them in. Yeah, but they don't. Conscripts don't need an improvement, right? This is the thing. It's conscripts, you can make conscripts like a little bit better, not much more, but like a little bit better. And I still don't think Night's Watch would take them, and yet they probably won't be one of the better units in the game. Yep. And that's because yeah. of what Night's Watch are currently building. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a big. Goes. I talk a lot with players of the game, you know, and, and I think that's the biggest issue with Night's Watch list building at the moment, is Night's Watch list building just feels a bit shitty. Like, yep. what you're getting, you're building a good list, you're, you're building a really good list. It just doesn't feel fun to do. Yeah, there's only so many ways you can dice up Watch Captain plus Unit X plus yep. Cold Hands plus 3 NCUs. There's only so many ways to create permutations. Exactly. Uh, yeah. lack of a lack of a decent six point unit uh, trackers range of trackers actually being pretty good at six now um, but a lack of a decent six point infantry unit or something just makes just life hard um, and only one option at four for cold hands um, all right then should we do should we do free folk next sure this is actually quite easy nobody will be surprised if I put thens up the top I think Fens are bloody good. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to eat my words a little bit. Taunt is still a bit of a meme, but Taunt has been doing some solid work against Just infantry units. Yep. Yep. Uh, Taunt is doing the job it's supposed to do, which is pull infantry units out of line. And for that, I am eternally grateful. Um, <laughs> uh, Cape Dweller Savages, though. Ooh. Um, I don't see them on the board anymore, and I don't plan to. Uh, they are, as a free folk player, I think they are trash. Um, yeah. They're comparable with Berserkers. Berserkers aren't good. <laughs> but at least Berserkers don't kill themselves. At least Berserkers don't kill themselves. I so when obviously when I when. I play uh, physically. I play against Carlo. He hasn't played Lannisters for a long time, but he did start 2021 with Lannisters. I played against some other players playing Lannisters. And the most aggravating thing in the world was someone putting a weakened token on these guys because it just made life a misery. I was like, they're only good for yeah. one thing, which is attacking stuff. And they're not even very good at that when you weaken them because they just kill themselves. I'm sad. Um, yeah. Yeah. I also have. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I've got one last thing here. Against Martels, yeah. I have no desire to play this unit against Martels because <laughs> the idea that you could like stack these ones do damage on me kind of bollocks, and I can't even heal my unit up, I'm just literally going to kill myself. Yeah. I... <laughs> oh. Their role as a finisher is also just done better by the four-point chariot. Yes! I'm... They're also not that good at finishing things. Because they hit on fours, and unless unless you make them like hit on threes by removing a rank and hit having more dice, you're not even that good a finisher. 
because you want yeah. to be in the melee to get low to get better at finishing something but you can't finish it because you've killed yourself <laughs> what yeah the design's just not good back. yeah yeah um follows a bone i quite like i i ran follows a bone in 2021 they were my second kind of like unit um I quite like Followers of Bone. I actually really do like Followers of Bone as a unit. They suck against ranged, which is a problem for Free Folk anyway. Uh, yes, Anders, it is. Um, however, they've they've actually lost one very important thing nowadays. I used to run them with Harmer in these guys, because fans were shite. Um, they lost the most important thing to me, which was they're not my access to Vicious anymore. The mm. Chariot is my access to Vicious. Mm. As a result, the only real reason I'm looking at this unit is for Horrific Visage. And don't get me wrong, if you've never seen the Steyr Commander Raffle Shirt Attachment Bone Lord's Chosen meme, it is beautiful to behold. Uh... <laughs> If anyone doesn't know what I'm talking about, what you do is you put a rattle shirt in Bonal's Chosen with Harmer's Bannerman. You then regroup and reform and put Steer Commander inside uh, Rattle Shirt's unit, replacing the Bannerman. And then someone charges you, and they take a horrific visage test at minus three, uh, minus another four uh, for intimidating presence, and plus one wound. You get to play like there's too many, and you go right. Well, there's a minus seven plus four test before you attack me. So now that you've probably lost a rank. Uh, maybe two if you got trapped on the way in. Uh, after the attack, I may have taken a, a rank. I've got Iron Resolve. I might not even fail the panic test at this point. Uh, you didn't even kill a rank? Great, I'll now Thend Supremacy you back with a minus three plus three. Oh, look, your, your unit's died on its own attack. Yeah. Great. Uh, Do you think this unit also lost value because Spearwives got nerfed and lost that coordinated assault and therefore coordination tactics is not like the wombo combo it used to be yeah 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 the uh the spare wife nerf meant that the coordination tactics is less valuable um and other things in the game you know uh we already we already had relentless being dangerous and things like this but there are certain other things in the game that just make those start of turn plays just more predictable um so Right, even if, you know, quite literally predictable, if I coordination tactics onto unit spear wives and Kevin's predictable maneuvers comes out or something, and you're just like, oh, well, you're just going to nominate the unit I've just copied onto and rip. Um, yeah, uh, it's not it's not that follows a bone are worse. They're not worse. It's just that there are other things in lists that do their job better. And that's sad. It's, it's sad that a unit has got bad by proxy rather than actually being nerfed. Right. Um, yeah. And the last one on the list, yeah, Spearwives. Uh, Spearwives are still okay. They're still okay. Hmm. Um, there's a lot of hate. I never see them anymore. You won't. You won't see them. They're worse than Thens, and they're probably worse than Follows a Bone. Um, the actual biggest, the biggest killer, in my eyes, they're still probably fine. But they just melt if you attack them. They really just melt. 
at the same rate as everything else does. So, all you're paying is for that spear and charge. That's not very good. Like, that double attack isn't that good against stuff that you care about killing anymore. Because you're not doing three automatic hits. Um, you make people vicious, uh, sorry, sundering on the, uh, vulnerable on the charge, Jesus. Uh, but you used to set this combo up with Warcry anyway, with Tormund. So, that's not an improvement. You can't run Tormund Commander in them, because he makes vulnerable things vulnerable anyway. Anyway, yeah. It's like, I, I'm not saying they need the auto hits. Don't give them the auto hits back, that's not what I'm saying. But like, they need a different ability to warrant being picked. That's simply it. You are the free folk king beyond the wall, but I think they're on the high end of ugly, personally. I see them. They do jobs. They do work. Uh, they're not trash against someone who's not running a mounts list, you know, because <laughs> you can get two panic fails and things like this uh, against, you know, free foot mirrors or in other things, but like, yeah, removing the auto hit per rank is, was a needed change. I, uh, I don't think Duggars in the LGT will ever let me forget just how salty he was. It LGT or was it Scotland? I can never remember. Uh, not at me, but he was. He was pretty sad when he decided to let my spearwise charge him in the rear of his red cloaks, and I proceeded to one shot him. Just bang! Three auto hits in the rear. Big old panic fail. Take that. Not even with there's too many. Um, and Melkor's right, if they didn't double up on Furious Charge, they'd see a lot more play with Tormund Commander. That's literally all they need. <laughs> Ironically, you could probably take Furious Charge off them, and they'd see more play. And I know that seems, like, bizarre. But, yeah. Yeah, fair. Weird. Anyway, should we move on to something that's in Free Folk? So. Whew. Ooh, uh, go on. We'll do Brathians. We'll do Brathians because you've been playing some. You, you play Brathians, right? So we'll do Brathians next. Ah, okay. This is a point where we might disagree, <gasps> uh, which I, I think is interesting. I know you just shat on wardens and said they're not very good. I really like them. You know, for five points, they do exactly what's on the tin. Now they're on the low end of the good scale. I think uh, as a five point bunker a wall of meat and steel you can't ask for much better three plus save six plus morale and counter-strike you know counter-strike i think people often underestimate uh, as well as how much chip damage it does back now it they don't they don't hit hard they don't hit hard they're not fast but as a piece in your battle line to prevent people from encircling you i think they're awesome for five points but I accept their weaknesses. Weaknesses is that, um, you know, they will not slap back. But again, I, I normally can rely on them to hold the line and, and fill that role. I have, I just have this, this issue. No, it is a personal issue. I hate anything that doesn't move. The, the game is a rank and flank game. The game is entirely about controlling the movement of the game and, and how to leverage that movement into, into victory. And Baratheons are literally the. I've, I got the Baratheon badge, right? I've played Baratheons a fair amount. I'd like to think. Um, 
they're the antithesis of what I like to play. And I hated it when I played them, actually, because in some ways I liked it, because I was just like, I can just walk forward and I won't just die. <laughs> um, but as someone who doesn't play that stra strategy enough, when I look across the faction and see a, warden, a unit of wardens move forward, I go, holy shit, I could just kill that. <laughs> um, and that might just be Can me. Can you triple save Sixth Morale? I, they're yeah. not easily killable. I'd like to believe that anyone who charges in the wardens goes, wish me luck, you know, because they're tough. They're hard. Sure, sure. But, you know, I'm not charging wardens with anything that isn't a can opener. Right. Sure. I'm 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 looking at your five point slow unit and going, where's my expensive unit or my my investment worthy unit that sees that and goes, hmm, I like some baked beans on my toast. Oh look, there's some cans over there. Let's go and take the lids off. Um, that is, you said it. You opened it up. They they do what they said on the can, right? They are a can. And if you go and kick the can, and it's got concrete in it, yeah, you'll hurt your foot. But if you carefully li lift up the can to weigh its to like a, get a value of its weight, and then throw it a freaking mile across a garden wall or into a stream, wardens are going to get wrecked. Um, <laughs> and that that's my issue. Um, <laughs> Anders, uh, I was going to say, yeah. Anders and Melkor. Anders has said it right. Chariot go brr. Uh, um, I was going to say that maybe context matters too, in that you know wardens in Renly with better with embolden and healing NCUs, yes. different story in Stannis when you have men and uh, you know more use of champions of the stag, maybe they're less good in Stannis builds. Yeah, so I can I can definitely see that. I, I I think it goes back to the point that Stannis builds aren't spamming anymore, and five point activation you'd rather just have a better six point seven point activation instead. I can see that, but um, maybe they're better in Renly, where where their sustainability is even further enhanced. And, and uh, yeah, yeah, I, I do, I do see like like hardened in the unit of wardens is kind of annoying with Elden, um, and among other things, right? They're not, it's not the only thing. Um, so as a result, I can see wardens seeing more play in the uh, in the in the Renly side, in the Stannis side. Like they're probably just a unit that's to cap points, or they're probably just mel fodder. Um, they're not. They're not offering you a serious unit that's going to do a big job. Um, yeah, but they're but they're still good, right? They're not. They're not trash. They're not ugly. They're, yeah. 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 Not ugly. I think maybe low end of good, high end of bad kind of thing. So we can yeah. play around with that. Yeah. Uh, and this is where and this is the problem I have, right? Because wardens and I, I a hundred percent say that this is an issue. With the way I view the game, with the way that I think the game should be played, versus what actually works. In the Highguard and Pikemen, I would sit here and comfortably say, without a shadow of a doubt, the Highguard and Pikemen are better than Wardens. 100%. Right? Except. Baratheons can't build lists that leverage their advantage. Mm-hmm. So you end up having a liability rather than having mm. what is an what I would consider an objective strength. They are better than wardens, except in context where you can't really make them better than wardens. Insert the Riders of Highgarden problem. 
yeah, I, I was going to say whew, hard pass for me. Those That unit is ugly for me. I don't know what they bring to the friendly side. If I want a unit that slaps, I'll pay one point more for Riders. I'll pay more points for Rose Knights or Champions of the Stag. You know, this unit does not provide what I want on the friendly side. And they are squishy. Less armor, worse morale. Like, I don't... I don't see them actually getting a charge off very often, and I, I often I'd rather just have wardens if I want to hold the line. Yeah, and and, that, and that's the issue. And, and Daniel in chat saying that um, they don't get free retreats easily, you know, which they don't, you know. As a result, you're not charging that often, and and this is it, you know, they are by all metrics a unit that can just walk in and go right. What do we want to kill? Same as the Riders of High Garden, but because of activation advantage, they never get that decision. That decision's never theirs to make, and yep. there's no support for them, as Melkor says. So they end up just being kind of units that go, hey, guys, we're here to support some Rose Knight grinding. Yeah. Um, you killed the Rose Knights? Shit. <laughs> um, you know, uh, they are, in my opinion, a better unit point for point. But because you can't leverage any of the abilities and you can't leverage any of that benefit, what is the point? Yeah. I hate Wardens, and yet they're better. I like Pikemen, but they're worse. So what do you think? I, I think ugly. What do you, what do you think? Uh, they're borderline ugly. They're borderline ugly. I, I'm going to say ugly. I'm going to say ugly. I don't think they have enough support for them. But they are okay. situational. I can see them appearing one-of in Renly lists. Um, and I can actually see them getting play. It's, you'd have to run like an 8-activation Renly list, though, and hope you're playing into another 8-activation list. Um, so Starks yeah these are your traditional homeboys <laughs> rather yeah. than your fake Brathian homeboys um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. actually Martin makes a good point he likes pikes more after the first unit of wardens yeah maybe you're going to run that style of list mm. um Kranigman trackers up first. Okay, so I'll say what I think about them, and then I'll tell you where I would like to put them. Yeah. Um, Hidden Traps is pretty good. Hidden Traps is pretty good. Swift Retreat. Is that what they have? Swift Retreat? Yeah, Swift Retreat. Pretty good on a unit that wants to shoot and stay out of combat. Pretty good. Um, pretty good. They are squishy. They Six are. plus armor, seven yep. plus morale. Very squishy. Um, so I've often thought that maybe I should always run one because if my Tully Cav want to one shot something, maybe some chip damage from hidden traps would be would be nice. Mm -hmm. And yet I can never bring myself to pull the trigger. I always end up taking she bears or Shaggy or Stormcrows or something else instead to bolster it. But you know, I really do like the unit. I think that. Um, they offer utility, and they play into, I think, one of your premier units being Tully Cav. Um, so all that said and done, I think they're a staple in the 9 activation list as well. I would put them probably in the high in a situational, personally. I think they're great. I personally think they're great. I, I would almost put them here. Like, I agree. They're probably situational. They're probably like... Meh, not great. 
I think they're brilliant. I think you they have six movement. That's insanely useful. You can't shout that. Like six movement within traps. This is this is everything that I wanted on trappers. Um, and then you're saying you've got a, an actual range attack with like plus one dice, and you've got swift retreat, so I don't have to be engaged. So hidden traps always works. I'm looking at this unit and I'm saying like literally, this is better than free folk trappers. Which is fair. They should be. They're a point more. And then I go. I don't quite know if they're one point better. Uh, in isolation. I don't know if they're quite one point better. They're nearly one point better. But probably not one point better. Um, I really like Cranaman Trackers though. I really do. I think they're really good. I think Hidden Traps is a very good ability. Um, very good. Yeah. However, in the context of Starks, uh, yeah. I yeah. like trackers better. <laughs> I just like spamming yeah, these guys. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd like to I'd like to fit them in. You know, but again, I also want my telecab. I also want my she bears. I want to find a bunker for Rickon. Is the bunker for Rickon the Uggs? Yeah, why not? Sod it. Yeah. So I, I don't think they're bad. I don't think they're ugly at all. Uh, yeah, I've said what I wanted to say. They're good, but they're squishy, and they do provide a weak link in your army. This is... I'm going to say something mental here. This is my favorite five-point unit in the game. And I do mean that. They're actually my favorite five-point unit in the game. I don't know if they're the best, but they're my favorite. Um, so, start Sworn Swords, then, as a, as a metric to measure them up against. Yeah, I like them a lot. Um, I don't know what it is. Every time I roll with Stark Sworn Swords, I just seem to roll good. They always get the odd crits. The damage they deal is always shockingly high for five points. They start losing ranks. They still deal a consistent amount of damage because of the plus one to hit. All the Stark cards synergize with them. Caitlyn synergizes with them. I really like them. I would definitely put them in a the good category. Above Wardens for sure. Um... I don't know about better than conscripts, probably in the same wavelength. But yeah, I, I think for a five-pointer, you can't ask for a much better all-rounder that has teeth and has decent durability. I agree. I agree. Uh, Starts on Souls are just a good unit, a good base unit. Um, they're the metric by which I measure things by. Like, right? I, I take Starts on Souls and says that's kind of what a five-point unit should be. Um, is it better or worse than that? And I think Thens are probably better, somewhat different, but probably better um i think conscripts are probably better because of what they offer the rest of the list i think wardens are comparable you know um you're right i think i think trackers from a from that uh, they're a tech piece the trackers they may be mm. useful they're bad but right. they may be useful yeah. um that's a good point and Great uh, tech piece. yeah right i will however say that i will build base lists entirely around crown and trackers because i love them and <laughs> Screw starts on swords, but starts on swords are good. Uh, they're, they're like fine. Um, so that being said, the last one on the list are the loyalists, the house cast Stark loyalists. Um, it's interesting because they look so similar. I don't rate them because I think critical blow can just lead to such crazy explosive damage. Stark sworn swords can do magic. You roll three, four crits, and a unit can just blow up. You'll never get that with Stark Loyalists. Now, having said that, precision is good. Don't 
Don't don't tell me that you can't do this with Star. Story time. It's a one-off, right? Uh, this is two weeks ago, Friday, not last week, week before. Uh, Mag the Mighty got charged by Howland in Karstark uh, Loyalists, and they had Lyanna on them, and they walked in, and they slapped old Mag around the face from full health and killed him. <laughs> I then did the attack back, and I left them on one wound. <laughs> that was that. Like, no word of a lie. That is what won my opponent the game. I there was there was a chance I could survive a attack. I had like two wounds on a wolf left, and I could have survived an attack from a shaggy dog. Um, unlikely. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, that literally won in the game. Lyanna with them guys, they're getting crit blow. They get precision as well. You've got rerolls. You're fishing for sixes. I actually think that the Karstark loyalists. Because of the synergy with Lyanna, who I think is very good, is pretty good. Also, one random healing every time you get to make an attack is actually quite nice. Yeah. I remember the first time I played against him and he healed. I was like, you can do that? He's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Not bad for five points. Yep. I think that's yeah, so what do you think? I think they're, you good. Guys are equally good. Because the precision. And the crit blow are good in different situations, right? So sometimes that precision's key. But would you say that a majority of the time goes better? So what do you think? I think I've put them in the bad category, the top end of bad, right? I think what you do is you put Start Swan Swords in your list first. Like again, this is before really understanding what the list is even supposed to be. Uh, if you're coming to the uh, a list with an idea then you probably don't put anything first. You you have this idea that you're building this different way of building lists. But um, if you're coming to a list you're just going, like, I want to build a Stark list, here's like my bare bones. You probably put Stark Sword and Swords in there first. And then in, I think, a very good proportion of... Uh, I think a very good proportion of time, you say, I want a Loyalist unit in the list for this reason, and you replace... Start on swords for this or that. It's how I could. It's how I see it personally. I do think they are comparable. I think that the start on sword is too easy to pick up first. Yeah. So I guess down. you value the crit below overall over precision. Yeah. Um. And do you think? I mean, we've seen so many winning start lists now. Funny because we don't often and see Sworn Swords even, it seems like. Um, elite units just kind of edge them out. But do you think you ever see both, or do you choose one or the other? I think you often you often choose two. You probably have two in the list. I don't... There are lists out there that run three of these units, um, but you probably have two, and you probably go all in on one. You either go double tar... I think you probably actually go single cast arc, for those type lists, or you go double Sworn Sword. I don't think you ever go single Sworn Sword. And I am making a bit of an assumption here that, like, Eddard is Eddard in Honor Guard, uh, which is kind of like a Sworn Sword, but it's not. So, like, you might see, oh, but I ran a single Sworn Sword, and it's like, no, you didn't. You saw double Sworn Swords, just one of them's called Eddard's Honor Guard, and you paid right, an extra point yeah. for the defense. 
Um, yeah. Like that. That's that's where I kind of sit with it. I think. Um, and it, people saying they don't get support from the deck. I disagree. How house cast like loyalists do get support from the deck. Uh, the healing very useful um and yeah sure you don't care that much about the precision uh, sorry the, the the sundering although that's still just as valuable um yeah. the difference the big difference is the vicious card on these guys is nuts because you force a vicious panic test on anything that's like wardens i look at me and my three plus armor and i go okay <laughs> yeah that's true that's true. I, yeah, the cards don't synergize. They don't stack keywords, and arguably with precision, the vicious is much better. That's true. Yeah, but I mean, there are other things that Starks can play with, and I don't disagree that we're talking like we are talking small margins at this point in terms of where the right. things lie, and ultimately what you're going to face. Um, Castle loyalists are better against these low wound solo type lists, mountain that rides these kind of things, because they can just force wounds into a unit, giants, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I would prefer Crusher Loyalists against Champs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Champs is the stack. Whereas start, you know, starts on Swords of Crit Blow, they're they're gonna mince through chaff much yeah. faster. Um, I think it depends what you're facing. I think the starts on Swords are better. They are better, but don't count the Loyalists out just yet. Um. People saying that the loyalists want to be on full ranks. They don't really want to be on full ranks. They just sometimes heal upper rank. It's not like they're start sworn swords. They don't heal a lot. They're talking like two or three healing a game. Uh, start sworn swords if they're on their last rank. Sure, they have this kind of re-roll and plus one to hit. I don't care. You're rolling like four dice. Who gives a shit? And if you bring out Caitlyn, it's like yeah, but you're investing Caitlyn into the unit now, and I knew about that ahead of time, and. I'm not going to just mash my head against a brick wall of a hardened unit while you're at f pretending to be at full ranks because that's just asking to die anyway. Um, yeah, I don't know. Might just be me. Um, Greyjoy Reavers. Ooh, this one is, I think, very contentious. Have they fallen out of Vogue? Okay, so I don't think they're that bad, but yeah, the problem is, are they the weak link? They just die, right? Like they they should do a lot of damage. They just don't. Like, <sighs> no. I feel like not too long ago, Victorian in Reavers was like the staple. It's still good. That combo for eight points is still good, right? Because it's two mm -hmm. activations which Greyjoy won. Mm -hmm. But I'm honestly saying this at this point. If you have the same activation numbers, is Flayed Men better than that two activations? Yes. And the answer is probably yes. Gives you a tool you don't have. Um... And I think, to your point, naked Reavers are almost never seen. No, it's Victorian Reavers. Yeah. Or no Reavers. It's like the Trapper Asha situation again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're just too squishy. You know, um, 
5 plus armor, 7 plus morale. Like, when the blender's up and running, it can do wondrous things, but it often doesn't get there. It just dies before it can happen. Unlike a lot of things in this game, it has no synergy. It has no method, I should say, of generating reliable one-hit potential. Um, you you rely on Ironborn Bowman to make a hole in a unit that's big enough for this guy to come along and punch. The problem is, because he doesn't affect morale stat, like, you're basically saying, I'm going to run in with seven dice, probably hit six times after rerolls or lack of rerolls or whatever it might be, and I'm hoping, you know, you're sure you're vulnerable with Victoria and all these other things, like, I'm probably going to do, like, five, six wounds, maybe. Uh, if your armor's good, I might only do, like, four or five, but then you don't one-shot me anyway. But against the crap stuff, it's like, ah, oh, five or six wounds through, yes, smashed you in the face. Maybe the bowman set you up with, like, two or three wounds before that. And then you go, oh, shit, now you've got to fail a panic test. And sometimes I haven't actually even done enough damage for the panic test to kill you. So I'm now relying on my Relentless to kill you. Which, you know, Relentless, the second attack will kill most things. And either that's the turn after, because you can't charge and then Relentless, so you've had to do activation weirdness around that to get that double hit. Or... I just retreat with my unit and you go, oh, relentless, oh, now I'm sad. Yep. So against the units where they're the best against, they never get to do what they want to do. And the units where they'll, you know, have a bit more success against, but not be great. So things like Wardens, you're not going to force panic fails, which just plays into the whole thing of, oh, pass a panic test with a Brathian unit, did I? Get fucked. Convicted <laughs> um, justice. Ah. <laughs> I healed. Now take some tokens. Yeah. Now my turn yeah. to attack. Get fucked. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah. They're just bad. Like they might be situational, like with the Victorian, but even then, I think they're just bad. They're a, a bit of a one-trick pony, right? Yeah. They only do one thing. You can see them coming a mile off. They're not real cav because the relentless is broken up. You know, if you don't know what they do, you can get caught out by a Windermere shift into Relentless, into a Windermere shift into a charge, into a sword. That can happen, but once you've hit by that once, you never fall fall, fall for that again. And they're uh, squishy, you know. If yeah. The first thing I try to kill is that seven, that eight-point unit, because then their teeth are gone, their activations are down, and it's really not that hard to kill. The, the, the funny thing is, if you compare, you could say, like, um, Silence Men in the area with these uh, Victorian Reavers in, like, there's a reserve, um, and those two units together can make a mince of things, and I'm like, yeah, sure, but, like, why don't you just put Victorian in the Silence Men? <laughs> yep. That does just the job. Like, hitting on yep. two plus is not that much better than three plus most of the time. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nope. Big note for me. Not good. Ugly. You'll see one-offs with Victorian, but they're not good. Uh, Harakars. I think this is. I think this is actually quite contentious as well. I think so too. Not okay. So I'm going to say right from get go, not ugly. No, not ugly. Not at all. Not ugly. Uh, five points for a unit that slaps pretty hard. Is pretty good. Don't. Even look at the outflanking text. It doesn't exist. That adds no value to the unit. <laughs> um, five but, point quick activation. I will say this. 
if any faction can use outflank, it's Targaryen. That's true. With the field control safety net, yeah. Yes, the field control safety net, you, you're at least going to be able to take outflank, potentially not on your own turn. Wow. You can actually go second and place an outflank unit on the board. Uh, and that has value against lists that aren't running cav, because if you're not running cav, the horse is now taken, you can't turn around easily. Yep. Like, and Targaryens, you really don't want to activate just to turn around because Drogo's on the other side of you, who can come in from a long distance away and fuck you up. Um, yeah. I didn't say just like any cavalry unit. Drogo, right? Drogo is coming in because you're not running any other commanders with these guys. Um, I genuinely think that this is probably the only unit where outflank isn't a complete and utter meme. Yeah. That doesn't mean you'll ever deploy them in Hellflank. Like, right. yeah. But the threat that you could is actually a real threat. Rather than, oh, I paid one point for Jarl, and I go, huh, your list is 39 points. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and you know, it's very surprisingly durable. 4 plus save, 4 plus morale. Um, you need a Fairly concentrated attack to kill it in one go. Very hard to kill in one shot. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's really not that bad, you know? And yeah, I think you don't see them often in competitive lists because there's better things to take, even though they're pretty good value for five points. Mm -hmm. So I would probably put them at the high end of, um, of, of situational. Yeah, yeah, I think that... The only reason we don't see them played more often is because something will come across in a minute. Uh, which is kind of a targ, but we'll we'll rate them as neutrals. But Targaryen Stormcrow Mercs provide something very similar um, nowadays. But I do think I do think Huracars are good. Yeah, uh, I think so. I don't think you include them in every list, but yeah. Um, I wouldn't feel like my opponent was had dead weight if I saw Huracars across the table no, at all. No, uh, I know that in the US, Carl Gurney. Runs Huracars are one of his favorite units. And I do think they are pretty much straight up better than Screamers in the vast majority of situations. Um, so, yeah. The funny um, thing is... Oh, sorry, I hate to keep no, yeah, go talking about Huracars, but the funny thing is that the one point you save on the Huracar doesn't really buy you much, is, is the funny thing. When you list build with Targaryens, it's like, I saved a point, I didn't take Screamers, but no one took Screamers anyway. And that five-point unit just lots weirdly into your list building yeah yeah it doesn't gain you a huge amount point. <laughs> it's like eight point unit seven point stormcrow activation and then like three point units like the five pointer just slots weird yeah so lannister guardsman Now that Idlemus means death is a rule, uh, so you have to at least attack them and proc supremacy, that's a thing. Yeah, that looks good. You know, I was going to say they're kind of like Wardens, but worse, because they have worse morale, but they have supremacy. That is cool. The, the problem with Lannisters is you don't really want to take Guardsmen because you've got poor fellows. Like, yeah, that's purely it. Like <laughs> this unit can take a slap. You know, poor fellows if they get attacked, 
will crumble in two hits. These guys will not probably crumble in two hits. Maybe they'd be better. Supremacy does play into what Lannisters want to do. Um, yeah. Again, again, the, pro the problem here, though, is, again, you've got a unit that's full move. It doesn't get to the positions it wants to get to if it gets misdeployed against cavalry, which is good. Like, cavalry will just outmaneuver it and just fucking ignore it or just come and kill yeah. it. Um, yeah. the, the saving grace, I think, with Lannister Guardsmen, I think, is that they're less vulnerable to random pot shot attacks from like low, low, like, like, uh, Greyjoy, Greyjoy Bowman, right? Greyjoy Bowman can't just shoot these guys as a unit to attack. Yeah. Raiders. Like, certainly outside of Mance Bubble, Raiders really don't want to be just attacking these guys because they can. Because you're just going to get absolutely slapped back and you'll be like, oh, I just like took like five wounds yeah. uh, if I wasn't careful. Um, yeah. But I don't think they're good. I still don't think they're good. I think that there's poor fellows offer you more at four. I agree. And it, yeah. Yeah. So do you think in the context of the Lancer list, would you put them in the middle of the middle tier or are they worse than tech choice trappers what do you think this is a tough one i, I like them at the bottom of the tier, the bottom of the end i think the situation the road, I, I think that they lannister guardsmen let's put it like this i think lannister guardsmen probably see a little bit more play than you'd expect loyalists or trackers to play but i think it's comparable i wonder i can't, i'm just trying to think I don't know why I heard a loud no right now in Carlo's voice. I wonder if he would just dump them in ugly and be like, get, the, get it over with. Yeah, I mean, that might be a sign of brain damage, Clarence, if you just heard Carlo say no. Or he might be stood outside your house. He is in America at the moment. So he may have just made the trip up to Canada. Um, but yeah, Carlo would be sat here rolling in his grave or like rolling in his chair. And he'd be like doing this whole thing. He... he like, the bit where he looks really quietly and does, you're an idiot. Or he does this whole thing where he reacts and goes, no, what are you talking about? They're terrible. <laughs> um, the two extremes of Carlo. Um, you watch more games than I do. Do you ever see Guardsmen? I, I do see Guardsmen a lot. Uh, shout out to Jesse, who runs them like all the time when he plays Lannisters. Um, <laughs> uh, I do see Guardsmen. Um, I don't think Guardsmen are good. Personally, mm. I I really mm. don't think they're that good, uh, in the style that I play. Because I play free folk, you know, I play these high activation lists that are very maneuverable. Not just free folk, but when I play the Stark stuff, when I play the Baratheon stuff, like Garsman just really don't bother me. Um, yeah, not yeah. I'm gonna put them down there. I think I like they do, I think they see play, but yeah, I don't think they're good. Uh, neutrals. Mm. Cutthroats. I'm going to straight up say this. I think cutthroats, I mean, in neutrals, they're pretty good. Because <laughs> it's basically your only option. Um, I'd say they're middly pack. I, I think uh, if you're looking outside of neutrals, I really think the three plus, vicious, uh, potential rerolls and vulnerable, that's nothing to shake a stick at outside of neutral faction. I think that's that's perfectly good. 
Um, they melt like soft butter, but I mean, yeah. I just saw on the weekend a really interesting Baratheon list uh, run by this guy named Ruben, Ruben Parker at the local shop. He was running nine activation Baratheons. Double Warden, double Cutthroat, double Dragonstone Noble, three NCUs, and I was like, "That's yeah. not bad." Yeah, I've seen I've seen a list similar to that run, uh, and I do I agree. I don't think it's terrible. I don't know if it's good, <laughs> uh, but I don't think it's trash. I really don't think it's absolute hot garbage coming out of the trash at you. Uh, I think it's probably serviceable. Um. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, a lot of other factions ramp them up even more. You know, if you go into Starks and all of a sudden they have, you know, um, Caitlyn and Bolden from Tully Cav, like, these guys can do a lot of damage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, someone's saying yeah, I that. Yeah, I think they're placed great. I think high end of situational is, is, is a great spot. Someone there saying that Luke obviously did very well with them in, in the US. Um, yep. Yeah. But that's again like that's exactly what this kind of like bad but maybe useful tier is like right it's they are not something you just stick in the list and go that's a good flow five point unit mm -hmm. um they are something in the list that you're putting in the list for a specific reason um yeah. and that's what this middle category is before i say bad but as Clarence used to say it's situational i just wanted the, i just wanted the good the bad and the ugly because uh you know. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'd say that they sit comfortably in this situational kind of category in the middle. Yeah, I can I can get behind that. Um, Stormcrow mercenaries. I mean, lots to say, you know. In Targaryens, staple with the Unsullied officer, right? I would say that's commonly seen in Starks. If you want a cheap bunker for your dog avatars, um, does any other faction run Stormcrows though? Yes. Where, where do you think I'm going to put them? Uh, I, I would put them in the middle tier. Low end. Okay. All right. Well, let's hear it. Why the low end? Oh, high end. Oh, oh, oh. This is a tease. Oh, all right. Not where I would have thought. Let's hear it. I might be wrong. I need to just think about this for a second. But... Okay. I think there is serious consideration for Stormcrow Mercenaries being the best pickup at five points before you think about what you want to build. Obviously, neutral limit comes into play most of the time, but these guys with a Mormont veteran in are the defensive unit of the Start Sworn Swords for the same cost you're now not having to pay six for them, you're paying five. I think you run Davos in them to access supply aid because it's better than running it with Wardens. 
I think if you're mail bombing, you might as well do it on Stormcrows, where at least you can put something in there that might give you some level of uh, protection or some level of kind of like threat elsewhere. Be it, I don't know, what can what can we put in there from uh, Baratheons at one point to make them worthy? You could put Master Wardens in there, you know, um, make them not chargeable as easily. You could drop a red priestess in there if you really cared. Probably not going to make an attack that often. Um, Even their own, you know, lieutenant is not bad, really. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say he's good, but he's certainly not bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you can do that if you want to. You could even just go for something like Jack Dario's and Hagar. Not bad at one point. Yeah. You know, Jack and Hagar's not utter trash. Um, as a result, I'm going to drop them down. They've got to be situational. All right. I think so. But I do think they're equivalent, roughly speaking, to Storehouse or uh, the, the Cutthroats. Yeah. Cutthroats are probably more consistent, but depending on the faction, you can just do interesting things with Stormcrows to fit in a random attachment that might do something significant. Like, you can put Mira in there and just have traps for five points in a unit. That still kind of fights. Yep, hundred percent. Starks love them. I think Starks have always loved Stormcrow mercenaries. Um, yeah, absolutely. Anything that's got a good value one point attachment will like Stormcrow mercenaries. Um, Can't remember if I've seen Kingsguard in them. Like, I think the Kingsguard gives him plus one to hit and sundering is shockingly oh, good. Maybe. I'll be honest with you. Uh, Tyrion with counter strategy is not terrible. Is your control piece. Yeah. Um, that's not terrible. I've seen them. What I quite like with them in though. Modern guard captains. Hold the line. That's exactly what they're used for in Baratheons. Right. And actually, I think that has more threat in different ways than the Lancer Supremacy style. You know, when I charge you, I'm going to do a lot of damage now because I'm just going to activate and do go blah, um, rather than you having to attack me. But it's a very different thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm tempted to say here. Uh, I. Yeah, yeah. They're probably slightly worse. But... Yeah, that sounds fair. And finally, Martel Spearman. Hmm. Where do you think you've played them more than I have? I've not played them. I'm torn. So right away, I'm going to say not ugly. Uh, okay, I'll say the what I what not ugly. What I like and what I don't like. I don't like how squishy they are. They are squishy with five plus armor and six of all, you know, yep. on the squishier side. I absolutely love tactical reposition. I think a pair of units gives your army such interesting options to just slide away and avoid danger. So I think that is great value. Set for charge is good with Herman. I don't know if it's good with anybody else because it's like seven attacks on fours. No way to add keywords. Who cares? Um, so I'm really torn. I feel like I've kept saying like high end of situational. Yeah, I don't know. And right now in the context of motels, can they, where do they lean? I don't know. It's really early. Do they build eight activation, five, three lists? Do they build seven, two, uh, five, two lists with seven activations that are more elite and therefore the spearing get dropped? Uh, it's, it's tough to say, you know? Um, I think they're going to be probably right in the middle, maybe middle of situational or high end, like upper, upper, upper end, not the high end, upper, upper end. 
So you're saying something like... Yeah, something like past the uh, Fathers of Bone, probably. Around there, yeah. There-ish is where I'd put them. Yeah, there-ish. Do you think you'd go above? I'd put them probably above the neutral stuff, right? If we think about I neutrals across... Like, the problem is neutrals because it can appear in more lists. They're going to find more niches. Right. Um, whereas I think the Martels are probably a staple for the Martels. Um, they also don't have access to a four-point infantry unit, so they kind of are shifted. You could argue that it's up here because they kind of have to take them. Yep. That's true. Which I think I'll, I'll leave them there. I think at the bottom end of, yeah, you know, pick this. Because I think in list building as a Martel player at the moment, you know, which at the moment, big caveat on this, you have to take Martel Spearman uh, to make your list kind of work, basically. At least one of, probably two. Um, and they're absolutely fine functional units on their own. And there's yeah, I that. love tactical reposition. That's a commander ability that they put on their basic unit. And I think no other faction can run multiple copies of it at the same time. And I think it takes a lot of careful maneuvering to get the most out of it. But it can really surprise people with how slippery they are or how aggressive you might want to be and get key units into range. Because I think it's anything, right? Even they can shift anything. Calvary, anything can be shifted with that positioning. Archers, you know, it's got so much flexibility. I, I think that it, it's uh, it's not flashy, but it's it's it can really do some serious work if you don't expect it. Does the job. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. I think. Yeah. I think I'm happy with that. I'm 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 cool with that. Uh. And yeah, good type of cunning ploy in the base deck, which actually is a positive thing. Oh, yeah, that's very um, true. Yeah, right in the base deck, that's true. Yeah, I'm going to stick with that. Finalized. <laughs> yeah. Those are my images. Those are my things. So, um, lots of five-point units, lots of four-point units. Uh, now, I thought it was very interesting. I saw a comment earlier, and I didn't. Uh, I didn't mention it, um, but I will now mention it. Uh, Martin uh, Thompson said, "Please pretend halberdiers and city watch are five points for the sake of analysis." Uh, <laughs> we know they're not worth six, so where would they belong among the other five-point units? Um, well, because they're not a five-point unit, we won't rank them in with the other five-point units. Um, Side note. I was going to say, I, I made the six-point tier list, or most of it, and Lannisters have a crap ton of six-point units. Yes, they do. They are not. All of which may find the same tier. <laughs> um, situational, bad end, the bad, the ugly end of situational, right? <gasps> Situational, Bad. probably on the ugly end of situational. I think these guys are really good. They're these good. guys are good. Those guys are good. They're these good. guys are good. good. Uh, who fucking knows at this point? Red cloaks seem like they're probably quite good at sometimes, and other times they seem like they're utter trash tier. Um, they don't do anything. Um, fine. Situational. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sometimes right. they do magic. I, I have a feeling that 
This is a unit that you just go slap bang right down the middle and say, this unit could be amazing and could be yeah. trash. And it's entirely yeah. dependent on your opponent. Yeah. Um, and their last Fort City Watch. Crap. I don't think they are. <laughs> but what I think and what I know are two different things. Um, I think they're comparable. I really think that they are comparable to the Mountain Men. Let's put it like this. The only reason I think Mountains Men get played over Glanisport City Watch is because Mountains Men are Clegane. And that is literally the only reason. I I don't see them, either of them, being particularly good. Um, so, yeah. That's a preview for next week, folks. <laughs> preview for next week um but yeah there's the the, the fast analysis martin and um, only crossbows are good yeah only crossbows are good richard yeah and line agreed i think crossbows are good though um and it's worth remembering that uh for game jokers you mean for game brigands yeah game brigands are there's seven points <laughs> uh, i just just want to remind people remember they reduced the cost of all light cavalry to six points these still exist just yep don't look at them for too long because you might lose brain cells. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah. Uh, I think there's nothing else to say more on the, the Lannisters there for now uh, based on questions and things. Um, all right, then. So, obviously, like we said, guys, you may disagree. You may agree with our lists. Um, feel free to let us know. Uh we can save this, right? And we can, can we can we share this? Is this a thing that we can share? No, I just started using it. It says view community rank. I'm not sure if that means people can vote on it. I really don't know. Yeah, I guess so. That's pretty cool. But anyway, there's ours. I'll make sure I share them on the uh, the Discord if you're on the Stats Discord. And I'll also uh, post them on Facebook. Um, if anyone wants to uh, create their own lists using our tier structures there, uh, I will post a list in the description of this video. Or if you're listening on the podcast, I'll post it in the description on the podcast. Um, so you can go on there, do that if you want to. Uh, share them with me on Discord or on Facebook if you want to do it on Facebook. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we can discuss it maybe to see if there's any major differences. Um, hopefully people found that interesting and fun. It is a bit of a different thing that we've not done here before. Uh, we may touch I on I found it audience. very educational. As someone educational. who doesn't play... Oh, yeah. As someone who does not play as much anymore, uh, it was really cool to get some insight as to, for example, why Varmir... Varmir's animals aren't that good. Like I, I would have just thought they're auto includes, to be honest. But so I found that very educational. Uh, some people saying they want NCU's at some point. Oh, I want to give a shout out to the Sunday Slaughter crew because I saw them do an NCU tier list way, way, way back, and it kind of inspired this whole, this whole thing. So uh, maybe we'll do one down the road. Uh, but yeah, they they were there first. So big props to I think it's uh, Chris Tran and Lord Commander Bob and the whole crew there. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i'm pretty sure they did one um yeah 
there, there, there was a long discussion. I think it was on one of their podcasts, I think. Um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, do these rankings line up with stats? Uh, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, I could quickly, we could quickly compare. Um, let's, uh, let's have a little look. I'm not going to make any major comment on this, so just bear that in mind. Um, I'm just going to literally compare them. So, combat units. Uh, we've got raiders at the top. Yeah, they were pretty high on our four-point list. Not as bit as holdouts or chariot. So that's interesting. I think that's partially just because raiders get picked more as well, which helps. Uh, but the chariot is up there as well. Uh, and Coldhands isn't yet. Gregor's up there. Do we say Gregor's up there? Yeah, Gregor's up there. Um, uh, Coldhands is up there. Same kind of level as Gregor. Shaggy's up there. He's on the three-point list. We mentioned Shaggy. Um, uh, Then's up there as, I think, the first five-point unit on the list. Yes, they're the first five-point unit on the list. Then Warriors. Interesting. So yeah, they fit with our fives there. Um, uh, Trappers up there for um, crossbowmen. We talked about Lancer Crossbowmen, the best six-point unit uh, Lancers have access to. There you go. Uh, they're up there. Help, Housebot and Cutthroats make the second. Very high. Yeah. Very high rated. Have a feeling that's to do with the fact that they typically get played a lot in neutrals, and when neutrals win, they're typically running quite a few Bolton Cutthroats. Um, we've got Jorahs up there. Um, Three ghost is up there. There's another three. That's the uh, first dog. Or Shaggy was the first. No, Shaggy dog. was the first dog. Uh, Jaw is up there as well. Uh, Varamir and his dogs and things won't wolves and stuff won't be up that high yet because I haven't seen enough play. So just bear that one mm. in mind. But Ironborn Bowman in at four. Stormcrow mercenaries. You know, they haven't oh. got trappers. Surprisingly high. I still I don't think yeah. they're that good. That's I, the one that threw me off. Yeah. I think they're being carried by Asher. Asher attachment. Um, Interesting. Drown men are up there, which is not uh, wow. Spearmen. Okay. Spearmen are uh, is yeah, that the second spearmen. highest five point unit after cutthroats? Oh, and storm and stormcrow mercs. Right? Stormcrows mercs and fens. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So this is like the fourth highest five point unit roughly. That's pretty good at the moment. Yeah. Um, Cape Town are savages, but that's because they never get played. I... What? I know, right? I don't think they ever <gasps> played. Yeah, there's like 33 games with them, and their win rate's atrocious. <laughs> they they don't see play, but they did very well, surprisingly, when they did get played randomly in April and in June. Wow. People are wow. winning with them. Might just be free folk things. Uh, summers up there, uh, still wow. positive. Um, starts on swords. Another five point we said was good, coming in at, I think the fourth or fifth. Unit there. The situational area now, right? This is the situational area where things are moving on into Crime and Trackers up there, Varamir's up there, Shadowcat. Um, who we haven't seen conscripts down at minus seven. I'm, I'm guessing conscripts just circulate around that zero mark. Yeah, I mean they, they have a relatively comfortable win rate. Some months, some months not. They're just circulating right. around that zero. Yep. Um, let's have a look at the terrible end. Because we've grown to the point where we've stopped. We're into like, oh look, how could games mountain men? <laughs> Still the bottom, dang. Ironborn Reavers. 
Right down there. Wow. I did Absolute not expect trash. that. Third worst rated unit. They really are ugly. Like we we gave Damn. them a bit of leeway. They are they are not good. <laughs> um, Damn. Uh, High Garden Pikeman down there, and Warden's are only marginally better, like Oof. ranking wise. Like this is the Oof. thing. Like I don't think either of them are good for Baratheon. You know, uh, Harakars are only there as well, which is surprising. I think Harakars are way lower that than they should be. Um, yeah. Spearwives. Just want to see who the lowest. This is such a small such a one cool is. discussion. I don't know if I can make it back next week, unfortunately, because it's the day before school and I might be prepping and whatnot. But I, I would encourage you and Carlo to find a third person if you guys, if I, if I can't come back to like break the tie and like add a, add a third point of view. Mm. Have to see. I might be alone next week, you see, so I might have to, I might have to just carry it myself. Uh, I won't be alone. I'm sure I'll find somebody to you join. Need me. hand puppets. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um. Anyway, yeah, we're, we're, we're pretty off the stats, you know. Obviously, anyone here, we could just say, oh, just rank them in the terms of the stats. But it's our opinions, right? That's the thing, it's our opinion. Um, and I'd like to think it's heavily weighted on how the stats are, kind of. But, uh, but you know, we are wrong. Um, it can be wrong, so that's fine. Um, but, yeah, have a go. Have a, have a little think. Tell us what your opinions are and, uh, and do share it with us. So, it's taking us towards the end of the show, Clarence. Yeah. Are you a happy man? Are you happy that you've been here for a couple of weeks now? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I really enjoyed, I mean, yeah, I suggested the idea, but I really enjoyed this episode. Lots of interesting things to like go back and forth on and disagree about. I, I think that's really interesting. Awesome. Have you got anything coming up? I know that you obviously had the, the event at the weekend that you couldn't make it out to, but you've got much coming up in your own life except starting work again? Uh, nope. Just going back to work next week. Uh, locally, there's going to be an event two weeks from now, and then another one was announced in October. So, you know, I'm glad that events are still happening. Hopefully, to you know, pump up those numbers and get more people in. Awesome, brilliant. That's what I like to hear. So, uh, we'll do our bit, and then we'll call it a day. So, uh, events running up this week. We have got uh, anyone who's not following on. Adopticon has started. Uh, Bob's kind of thingy event. Um, I will just quickly have a look at this. I think there was, I think it's 58. But I have to remember exactly. 59 people in the end signed up. Wow. Um, uh, big old kind of like weekly uh, events going on. So there's lots of games that will no doubt be streamed and people sharing them in, in Discord and stuff. Um, I would say, oh, let's have a look at who's doing well. But there's no point. Like there's like some games. How many games have been played? 10, 10 games so far of... That's like less than half wow. a round. Look at this club names trolling Brett. There's like a couple. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Free for free. free. Uh he did club name was my idea. Uh champs are better than Brett. It's true. Um <gasps> That's so funny. First player to play Martell in an IRL tournament from Adam Pie, Pandemic. <laughs> oh yes, that's yep. That's right. Yep. Uh but yeah. Cool. So uh, events this week we have the Monday Night Melee, which is happening according to this today. It starts today anyway uh, at the Rusty Scabbard in Lexington, Kentucky. So I hope that goes really well. We've got insert some Polish there for another Polish event uh, happening in Bielosta. Uh 
Bialystok? I have no idea. Uh, that's happening this weekend. We've got a Lille tournament happening in uh, Borscht in, Dol uh, in Germany. We have uh, an event happening in Kansas in Tabletop Game and Hobby in Overland Park, Kansas, the US. Uh, wow, we've got an event in Mexico! Oh, amazing! Lovely to see it. Uh, Batala de los Almos. Alamos. Um, in CDMX, Mexico. That doesn't mean a single thing to me, but I'm sure it means to people means something to people in Mexico, so I really hope that goes well. We've got uh, the third event happening in Belgium, in Grand Rue 23, uh, Intron Ludique. Um, we've got an event happening in Dijon, uh, in France. We've got an event happening in Kingdom Gaming, in Northampton, in the UK. We've got one more happening in... Uh, that's next week. Oh, I'm sorry, Russia. That's next week. So, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight events happening across this weekend, uh, or today, through till the end of the year, uh, which I think leads us to what kind of like a healthy, roughly 100 players playing games this weekend in tournaments, never mind all the online stuff that we've got going on and all the other various different things going on around the world, all the games that everyone here will be playing. Are you looking, are you going to get any games in this week, Clarence? Uh, yeah, Wednesday is the local game night at the shop, um, and Sunday as well. It's, uh, so yeah, hopefully come in twice to practice out this Triple Queensman madness. Oh wow, Triple Queensman madness, love it. Um, Alright then guys, there's only one last thing to do, and we've saved it right till the end, because this man doesn't need any introduction, and anybody who's been here before will know that these are quite nice min miniatures. I had this sent in from Lucas Aurelius last week, sharing his King Rob in the north. Clearly, uh, teching for his new list builds. Lovely. Lovely little wow, Starbucks. That's, uh, that's cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, fits with, obviously, the theme and everything that he's made uh, for the rest of his Starks. Uh, so thanks a lot for that, Luke. Um, it is, as always, pretty damn good. Because uh, Carlo's not here. It's a solid zero from me. Solid zero. <laughs> Alright then, guys. And with that, We'll end this week. I hope you all have a great week. I hope you have some great song. And I will see you all next week. See you later. See you, folks. Ready? Aim. There's too many. Anyone see my hood? Oh, Stop it.